0: Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We
1: are live. Oh, it's a happy Monday, I guess. It's happy because we are here 11 to 2 p.m. on Sacktown Sports. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? Hi,
2: I'm I'm still great. I'm still great. I'm still good. Whatever.
1: we have a lot to go over today because it was a championship Sunday that led to heartbreak in Northern California. The 49ers, Morgan, they're going to Philly. It was supposed to be the matchup between two Titans in the NFC. And then party goes down. Josh Johnson comes in. He's out. We got a guy with one arm who can't throw the rock. Back into the game, and the Niners absolutely get destroyed. Yeah, Mahomes hopping around on one leg. Can he even run? No, he can't run, but he gets the biggest run of the game on a third and four. He had the Royal Rumble. Uh, you got to give some Gunther some love, no? Go, no? Gunther! Okay. and the Kings had a really tough one in Minnesota, plus the Lakers are, they aren't happy with the officials. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, Lakers, are, it's just not fair what's happening to the Lakers. Is that your Pat Beverly? That's my Pat Beverly. Wow. Nah, I've got the camera. You want to look at this? Get out of here, Pat Beverly. Get bag. out of here! So, yeah, we have a jam-packed show today. Coming up at noon, we've got Herm Edwards, former NFL head coach. ESPN analyst is going to join us to look back at what happened to the Niners against the Eagles and also the AFC championship game. And our 49ers insider from Sacktown Sports, Emil Fregosa, joins us in studio at 1 p.m. Appreciate everyone joining us live. You can listen in so many ways. If you're driving around in your car, that is awesome. We love you. We also would love for you to check out the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports at 1140, where you can hit the thumbs up button and chat with all the animals, the deuce bags, and morons in the YouTube (laughs) feed.
2: Morgan. Uh, 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 Yeah, What?
1: We were so looking forward to this game.
2: Uh, There there was so much to, I
1: mean, we're talking about a chance to go to the Super Bowl on the line. And it felt like the game was over really early. It was one of the most bizarre, deflating, devastating, disappointing championship games I think we've ever seen. It's not every championship game where you get your fourth string quarterback in the game. Uh, Can you sum up? In one word, oh, your feelings God. about the Niners' loss in the NFC Championship game.
2: Um, One word is really hard. How about crud?
1: Cr- they're going to go crushed.
2: Just crud. crud. It was crud. You know, and this is what—well, crushed at—sure, you could put that for a Niners fan, but crud for a football fan, right? Because you dedicate and commit so much time— The football especially when it's the postseason you're you're watching more teams than just your team right as a football fan and you come into this Sunday you're like all right an NFC championship game two really good teams um, all around good teams defensively offensively this should be a really fun game right from the start everyone's football dreams come to an end with the way that Brock Purdy Gets hurt on the first drive, too. The first drive of the game,
1: he goes down. Gets absolutely crushed. I know there's a lot of talk about that, Morgan, because you're blocking one of the premier defensive guys in the NFL this season, Hassan Reddick, with a backup tight end. A little one-on-one. He just absolutely boat raced him. Crushed Brock Purdy. Crushed. Fumbles the ball. And then you're, oh, is there something more going on? We get to the break. We're going, wait, is he's hurt. This is not good. You got to go with Josh Johnson, who played for the Sacramento Mount Lions back in the day. Who's bounced around on, I think, all NFL teams hey. pretty much hey. in his career.
2: Don't be don't be crushing him.
1: That, I'm not crushing okay. him at all because he's just bounced around. It's yeah. not an ideal situation when you have to put him in in the NFC Championship game. And to rewind, before that, you're going... Okay, where are they going to go if Josh Johnson goes down? And then he goes down. He you're looking down. around going, Christian McCaffrey's working on a headset for his helmet. You got check looking at the playbook, like, all right, what do we got to do? And then they have to go back to Brock Purdy. It was insane. It was crushing. And it was just disappointing because you don't get a lot of opportunities To play in championship games. And I know the Niners fans have been spoiled with some championship game appearances. But it's hard to get there. It's hard to get back. It's hard to win as it is. Mm -hmm. And then this is how the season ends. Crushing.
2: Yeah. Crud. Crush. Whatever you want to go with, right? And uh, it just like, it stinks when you look at this game and it happened so quick it couldn't happen even after the first half you know what i mean yeah. i just i just wanted to feel hope as a niners fan i just felt awful right just awful after that play happened and you have your fourth string quarterback coming in josh johnson who by the way on twitter for some reason i kept wanting to call jack johnson i wanted to call him josh jackson (laughs) like all these different names and i just feel bad for so many football fans but i also feel bad for him today because you're supposed to come in and be ready it doesn't matter if you're the 10th string quarterback. If that is your position and that's what you get paid for, that is what you're supposed to be ready to do. And I will never be put in this situation. So for me to speak on, hey, you got to be ready when you're called up for an NFC championship game and you have the loudest fans in the NFL just screaming at you, you got to be ready. My point to that though is be fundamentally ready. I think there was times when it wasn't even nerves getting to him, it was just, for example, when he fumbled the football off his hands, he's already looking away before just focusing on catching the ball in the snap, right? And just being there, being focused on those small things really mattered. I just really wanted him to be a game manager in there. But instead, they had to throw in the guy that lost an arm in the first drive of the game, Brock Purdy, just to be out there so they would try and not get as many turnovers. Well, you,
1: you mentioned the, the fumble, huge. They also had three delay of game penalties with him. Like he, mm. he at one point he's looking over at Shanahan. Like I can't hear you, and so their communication was completely off. Yeah. It, the the end of the second quarter, the game was over. I mean, that's mm. just the reality of the situation. You're feeling good when McCaffrey scores that touchdown, breaking tackles left and right. Like okay, the defense is playing well enough right now that they could maybe. Maybe you could steal something. You, you, you were talking yourself into all right, Josh Johnson doesn't make some mistakes, maybe gets Kittle. Maybe you, you force a turnover that leads to a touchdown, get some good field position. You felt like they could keep you in the game. Once that game was tied, and then that next Eagles series where it was so many penalties, you had three penalties, and some of them were questionable for sure. Thank you. But it, it was just backbreaking because then they score, then the next play, Sue. I mean, the next play is the fumble, and then another touchdown, and all of a sudden it's 21-7. Yeah,
2: and that happened within mm. a blink of an eye, right? And that was very frustrating um, to see on so many different levels. And I think when we were talking about it with Jason Ross right before we came on to our show, it was – I had tweeted out game, period, like at the half or maybe even a little earlier – You know, like it's over. Throwing in the white flag. I'm done. I'm good. It's over. And some Eagles fan was like, it's not over. There's an entire second half of football left. You're not football is so different from so many other sports when you're putting in your next set of guys, especially when it comes to a quarterback at that level, Brock Purdy, I know, a rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, but he at least had those eight games under his belt to start building his momentum and what he needed to do with this team, that chemistry. Um, When you're just putting in someone else in there who just hasn't really – been playing football on yeah. this level in so long i mean he had nine nfl starts in his how long of his career it's just going to be a huge drop off at that position and that's why we also do put so much pressure on quarterbacks when we talk about they won the game or they lost the game i,
1: I think the other thing that has to be mentioned i know so many people are like clowning josh johnson like oh look how many teams he's played on oh well, if he's played on so many teams for this long, there's a reason why teams go to him as like a potential yeah. option because his a, uncle is Roger Goodell. His uncle is Roger Goodell, as Chris says. Thank that's why. Yes, so Chris. That's, that's why it's, it's nepotism at its finest. No, yeah. but in all seriousness, it's <laughs> he's a smart player, and I look. He was put in a really tough spot yesterday, and I think it's not you're not getting thrown in in a. Week 7 game at right. home when you got the lead. Right. You are playing in the NFC Championship game with this Eagles defensive front that was nasty. And that that cannot, we can't lose sight of that because I think so much is about Purdy not being in there. The Eagles front dominated the Niners offensive line. Absolutely crushed them. And Purdy was going to have to be dealing with that heat all day long. He got crushed on that play and that ended up being... Really, the 49ers season right there, and it's so disappointing that it came to that, but that's what happened, and now you you, you hope Purdy's okay because then you have question marks. All right, what does that mean for his elbow? Is he going to need surgery? How long is he going to be out for? What are they going to do at quarterback? Is it going back to Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? It seems like they just have the worst luck out of any team that's been contending for the last few years at the quarterback spot, which, by the way, oh, the most important position for any team. If you don't have a quarterback, what do you have? Yeah. It's crazy that with how talented this team was this year, probably their best team, That at least that's what Shanahan felt like, mm-hmm. and this is how the season ends.
2: Yeah. Mm. It's, it's crushing, and I think you just – when I was watching the game yesterday, too, just taking down some notes and – I was looking at things like, oh, man, well, we could talk about when, for example, one of the first turnovers, the Eagles, or after after Brock Purdy was out in one of the first turnovers, it's like, well, at least the Eagles didn't score. And then you had that momentum going, like we were saying, with the Christian McCaffrey touchdown. And, you know, you felt these moments that it could be real. Things could keep going. And then once halftime hit, it was like, oh, the story of this game is truly the future at the quarterback position for the San Francisco 49ers. And you look at everything that's going on with Trey Lance getting hurt, his ankle injury in week two, um, where is he going to stand in this position? Brock Purdy, what's wrong with his elbow? I mean, how many of us, okay, can we just be honest? Yeah. Secret time. When he wasn't coming back in, (laughs) I was just like, Something better be really wrong with his elbow. <laughs> and i that's I horrible, love that we act like that. There's horrible. so many times
1: where are like, dude, player safety, the NFL needs to take better care of it. Then your team's faced with this, and you're going, this guy better be really hurt. I'm like... This guy better not be <laughs> able to throw the ball, because <laughs> if he does it, he is soft, he isn't tough. And it's like, no, the guy was really hurt. He's telling Shannon, I can't, I can't throw. If you want me in here,
2: I can't throw deep. I promise you, my mind shifted right away. Right away. But it was the first thought, which is awful awful and none of you should have thought that either but we probably all did together
1: we got to give some love to people watching us live on youtube scotty says i'm surprised they didn't just cancel the game actually that would have been great hey Purdy, t- we're in a spot where we're we're trying to find a guy in the crowd to play quarterback we'll go ahead postpone this for a week you guys don't need to care about the Pro Bowl yeah. next week. Let's let's play this game.
2: That would have been a great, um, yeah. something great that could have happened. You know, just for ratings and more money for the NFL as well. And, oh, and um, just putting the Niners in a better position to try and get a win against the Eagles. But,
1: mm.
2: yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: We got a lot to go over today. We're going to continue to talk about Championship Sunday. Plus, the Kings was a really disappointing loss in Minnesota. They play them again tonight. Get and talk about adjustments, all that. Also, we want to hear from you not only in the YouTube chat where you got to hit the thumbs up so we can get to over 200 thumbs up, but also hit us up on the phones, 1-800-920-1140. If you want to chat with us, let's talk. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
0: They give... Is a fake and the path goes up and it is intercepted. I
3: believe they faked it. Nick goes, never gonna say incomplete.
4: Oh,
1: that was a weird call, but the reality is it was a game altering play with Purdy fumbling and then getting hurt. Niners lose in the NFC championship game. I did have a poll question that somehow disappeared on the YouTube chat.
2: No, but it
1: was. Uh, about this 49ers season. Do you still consider it a successful season? You know, it ends in heartbreak. You make it to the NFC Championship game. To me, it's like, a uh, no doubt about it. Successful season. You had to go to your third-string quarterback who might be the quarterback of the future for you now,
2: and you got to the NFC Championship. What's the poll re- update, Morgan? So, was the 49ers season a success? Yes, duh, is one choice. Yeah. No, another bad finish was the other choice. 65% of the voters say... Yeah. Yes, duh.
1: Okay, a sixty-five is too low for me. Oh, I mean, it should be higher than that. I don't know how you don't look at this year as a successful season. You you cannot tell me that any other team in the NFL would be able to get to a championship game, one win away from getting to the Super Bowl, with their third string guy.
2: Because it's Super Bowl or yeah, boss yeah, yeah. deuce. Which is, I mean, come on now. That's there's so many things to to grow on top of um, with everything that went down. I mean, you just you look at that Niners defense there especially in that second quarter when all those penalties were being called. I think that first one was on Ward with the pass interference. And it was just like watching them battle it out and still, after being deflated, knowing that their quarterback is gone, they're going to be the ones that have to get them back into this game. There were some really good defensive drives by the Niners. But at the same time, it was just like, it wasn't going to be enough.
1: If I would have told you that Jalen Hurts would throw for 121 yards and rush for 39 yards, I think you would have felt really great about the 49ers' chances in this game. And it, that's what's deflating. You're right. The penalties just absolutely destroyed this team at the end of the second quarter. And then you get to the point where, so <laughs> you go with Josh Johnson and Sue crushes him Aww. a nasty hit. It looked like he might have hurt his shoulder and hit his head Dude, his on neck. the turf. He's out of the game. Yeah. Then they got to go back to Purdy. And I've never seen a game in NFL history where it was like, hey, this guy can't throw. And I can't imagine the mentality of a player, whether you're on offense or defense, just on that team, when you're like, we're down big right now. It's 21-7, turning to 28-7. We can't throw the ball. And if you... (laughs) You you can't throw the ball. You can't win the game. And so you're just sitting there for pretty much an entire half going, all right, twiddling your thumbs, just sitting there knowing you have zero shot. That's deflating.
2: Which, which at I I don't know. At some point, aren't you like, hey, shouldn't we just try anything to win? Why, why not try Christian McCaffrey at quarterback? But again,
1: this is what we're talking about here is like Christian McCaffrey with a sore cap that's playing through it. yo.
2: Let's go him. I'm just having the conversation. I'm not acting like Shanahan should be fired after not trying everything he could have in that NFC Championship game. I'm just someone that was viewing the game going like, I'm down for anything.
1: I was down to get Brian Greasy, one of their coaches, into the game because he had NFL experience. I'm like, can he play? Is he active? Can we get him in there? Because at least he can run the offense. Maybe he could throw it a little bit. I think Mm. he could still sling it at his age. Ian in the chat says Shanahan completely blew it by not challenging that catch. It was all downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, the officiating, too. We, we talked about some of the defensive penalties in that late second quarter that were costly on that Eagles touchdown drive. But then you add, go earlier. It's fourth and three. They get it to Devontae. It shouldn't have been a catch. And everyone's blaming Shanahan, but the Eagles went fast. They moved fast and said, we got to snap this.
2: Well, and the broadcast was talking about how there's obviously – when a team recognizes, like, yeah, that wasn't a complete... That, I did not catch that ball. Let's snap the ball. Let's go. They said that they have certain code words. So whatever code word was screamed out for them to get on the line and snap the ball quick so then the Niners couldn't review that, couldn't challenge it. It was just well done by the Eagles, What would too. your code
1: word be if you were in that situation?
2: Um, hmm. Like... No, I, every code word I keep thinking of mistake, blew it. I blew it. <laughs> like those are.
1: I feel like I would words. know the I would know the code word, and then the time would come like, let's uh, just hurry up and stop it. Hurry up and stop it. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you know didn't catch it. Huh? Everyone's like, yeah, what? Uh, everyone got on Shanahan for that, but uh, I thought the NFL would replay assists. Now you're telling me the guys in New York can't look and they go, hey, hey, just so you know, not a catch. It's on Shanahan to get the right replay. The TV crew on Fox screwed up the replays.
2: They didn't have the replay until after the break. Dude, they screwed up the replays. Yeah, they weren't even talking about it on the broadcast. There was a lot of weird things. By the way, talking about that, there were so many weird things happening in that first quarter with... Um, obviously, the catch that wasn't a catch, and then you had
1: the punt hit the the, the camera, you. the
2: sky, the wire of the sky cam. And by
1: the way, you want to know why conspiracy theorists feel like so empowered today? Why, with the officials? Why? Because for some reason. There's no – the NFL broadcast has 8,000 cameras. There's not one random camera, a couple of random cameras that show that that ball hit the wire on the punt. There was one. That's insane to me.
2: But but the point that the ref – that the official made was that there is no, like, obvious conclusion that the ball hit the wire even though – the ball every single player is Everyone's pointing like, up going it hit the wire it, it hit the wire and then it goes way out of bounds it's yeah. like
1: some of the niners players are thinking actually i do think it hit the wire do you hit see the how wire. it moves? yeah it hit the wire let's yeah. uh, check in with jim what's up jim hey how you guys doing
5: this morning oh good, you're jim. so good what's up man so talking to a friend this morning and you know towards the end of the season if you have a great chance of making the playoffs i think the nfl teams are going to look at this game and go hey maybe we should have bring in or brought in a free agent quarterback and with today's concussion protocols make sure you have three quarterbacks on the roster going into the playoffs
1: well, you, you can't have the, the third quarterback a- active, right? So back in the day, you could. And that, I think that's something that they should be able to do, especially in today's game. It just sucked that we're in a championship game going, all right, the Niners have to go back to the guy who shouldn't be playing right now. He is hurt. He, his arm is in so much pain. He has no feeling. There's a nerve thing going on. The guy can't throw the ball. Yeah. It's just bad for the product.
6: There he is. He's out.
2: He's out. out. Bye, bye, Jim. Yeah. Um, No, and I understand that, and I think um, we have two things that we can do here, guys. We can make sure that every single quarterback uh, can throw with both arms. So that's one. Your quarterback has to be able to throw with both arms. That has so to just be Patrick criteria. Mahomes so far. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So just Patrick Mahomes. And or every single player on the team has to be able to play multiple positions, meaning every single player needs to know how to play quarterback.
4: Yeah. That's yeah. where the
2: NFL is headed.
4: You know what I think they should have done? They should have just switched defenses and offenses. Oh. So the Niners defense had to play offense. Good. Eagles offense had to play defense. You got to get creative for sure.
1: <laughs> uh, on the YouTube feed, appreciate everyone being there. Make sure if you're in the YouTube chat, just hit the thumbs up button. All it does is help our channel grow and get to the next level so more eyeballs see it so they know that we're doing live content from 6 in the morning to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Wheezy says, oh, you got to call a timeout there to look at that catch, especially when the rec- receiver says hurry up. Worst case, you lose a first half timeout. So you're right. Like Shanahan, if there was just knowing that, they were trying to rush that. Even to allow your defense to be in a better position, just use one of those timeouts. Yeah. You get three timeouts, and you don't use any of them?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. You guys, that's—I'm totally with you. I'm totally with everyone on this. But the angle, again, that we only had at first was like, that was— No,
1: crazy. but the point is, it's clear that the Eagles are trying to hurry up here, so there's no time to review it. If that's the case, just call a timeout. And just like, you know what, they are rushing.
2: Weren't they in the red zone by that point, though? Yeah. So what if... But, like, even with that mentality, what if it was just like, oh, yeah, they're trying to rush. They're trying to just get a quick snap, get someone... They're in the red zone. They're You know, and yes, but yes, the mentality, sure. Like, no matter what, make that call. I completely understand. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm just like, when I saw that happen, I was just... Weren't we all at first in awe? What an incredible catch. I don't think anybody... Right away, was like, that's not a catch. Yeah,
1: because Fox had one replay.
2: Correct.
1: I don't know why. And then they waited till after it was. Conspiracy. And then the NFL's putting out the picture. What a catch of a light! I was like, actually, it wasn't a catch. Yeah. Like, of all the plays that you call. No catches. That was clearly not a catch after the replay, and someone in New York should have noticed it.
2: Well, here's my question too: Why don't you delete that tweet after you do something? No, like
1: that? He's, no. Why? It's it's it was ruled to catch. It was a catch. It was so beautiful. You didn't see how we did that? Oh. All right, we got to talk more about this game coming up. Also, the Kings with a really really tough loss against Minnesota the other night. The two teams play again tonight. We got so much to get to. Plus, Herm Edwards joining the show at noon. That's all straight ahead on Sacktown Sports.
0: Deuce and Mo. Deuce
1: and Mo. Shattown Sports. We are live on a Monday. Talking about what went down in Championship Sunday. A devastating loss for the 49ers, but the Chiefs, what a game.
2: What a a game. Game.
1: Uh, We'll talk so much more about what went down on Sunday with Herm Edwards at noon. Kings road trip continues. They stay put in Minnesota to take on the T-Wolves for a second consecutive game. That tip-off is tonight at 5 p.m. Morgan, that game on Saturday night was so frustrating. The Kings lose 117 to 110. Got started with Russell going off in the first quarter, then mm. Ant Man took over mm. in that second half. Just a really disappointing loss, and I know I felt like so many people were talking about the offense after the game. Yeah. To me, I was more disappointing with. How they approach things defensively, too many communication breakdowns. And I think, if anything, I was critical of offensively, they weren't physical enough. Like, go at Gobert, get into his chest.
2: Yeah. And see sa- he just hasn't been very oozy. Yeah. Yeah. Not oozy at all by the Sacramento Kings. And you're saying offensively, go into their chest. You're yes. Saying. And defensively, though, because that's kind of where you were starting with where you were really disappointed. Yeah, it was like um, they weren't disciplined. They didn't feel like they had the the energy that we've seen before on the defensive end where they're like, oh, you already knocked down three deep shots on us. We're not going to let you do it again. But D'Angelo Russell kept doing it, and he did it over and over again. Now, they held him to two points in that second half, but then you had another guy step up in Anthony Edwards.
1: Yeah, and I think listening to Mike Brown talk about things after the game, he was obviously frustrated with defense, and he's trying to figure out, okay, how can I play some of my best defensive guys when it seems like my best defensive guys can't do anything offensively? How how do I get that balance? And it's been tough. The one thing I would say is I thought Damian Mitchell popped watching that game. Like I felt like not only was he doing it defensively like he does all the time, He's into D'Angelo Russell. He's flying everywhere to help. Hey, weak side corner. I got to get there. I'm going to get there. You need me to defend Ant-Man for a little bit. Ant-Man's got him in the post. Knocks the ball away. Steal. They're going the other way. He set guys up. He was attacking. had a couple of great takes to the basket. Then you look. Oh, he played 17 minutes. Only played one minute in the fourth quarter. If you're talking about getting stopped, maybe that's guy you got to play more. And you have to trust that the offense will come for him. I know he hasn't been consistent offensively, but to me, Davion Mitchell needs more time to show what he can do out there.
2: Yeah, and I think for sure you have to be efficient with the time that you are getting. But when you're asking a guy to execute his role, and Davion Mitchell's role is obviously to be this elite defender, on-ball defender especially, um on that end of the floor but then to be able to produce something on the offensive end of the floor as well not to be their key scorer not to be their key guy on that end but to produce and Davion Mitchell is capable of producing I think the only thing that I I mean a few things I would like to see him get better at on that end of the floor would be not only his outside shot mid-range and everything but when he does cross a guy up Like, how else can you create? How else can you be a playmaker? I think he does a fantastic job of getting guys going one way and can get to the rack. Um, Sometimes it's his size that will be the only thing – that doesn't allow him to finish. And then there's other times he just goes straight at it, stays square and gets this nice lane to the basket. So for him, sure. More time would allow him to be able to produce even on that end of the floor. Um, but Mike Brown, he's really strict with some of his rotations when he's given KZ Paul, gave him like four minutes early on in that game. And then he, has a terrible corner three and doesn't do something else on the offensive end, close out too hard on a guy. And it's like, no, you're done leash short. Bye.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I felt like he was rushing things, but I also think there's an immense amount of pressure when you tell a guy, it's like, you have to do this offensively. And then he's overthinking it a little bit because his leash is so short. And it's like, no, just play your game. Go out there, get some stops. If you got an open look and you feel like you could take it, go ahead. But, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of difference you see from this team tonight. They, they, this is a game that I think is pretty important just to see how they respond, especially with what Russell did last game. I mean, even Gobert had a really good game. He is questionable again for tonight's game. Uh, let's check in on the phones at 1-800-920-1140 with our guy, Casey. What's up, Casey?
5: Hi, and Moe. Oh, what What's
1: is up? What's up?
5: Um, I literally... My heart was hurting on Sunday after that championship game.
2: It was made worse by that terrible Kings loss on Mm. Saturday. Mm -mm -mm. What what didn't you like about the Kings game?
7: I don't know. It's just when they get down, it's like I have no confidence in this team to come back. And when they get up big leads, I'm like, how soon are they going to blow it? It's like this pessimism for years of being a Kings fan. It's like
5: sticking with me.
1: Yeah, yeah. by the way, sticks with a lot of fans out there. (laughs) If one thing happens, it just feels like an avalanche. It's like, oh, is this this when it all falls apart? I hear you, Casey. Well, I hope your heart feels better if they win tonight.
5: I would also
7: like to say that I called you on Thursday, and I was like, I'm like LeBron in the White House. Like, my mom made it. I listened to it like 40 times. I took three buses to get to college. I listened to it the whole way. (laughs) Oh, you're broad oh. at the
1: White House, mama. I made it. Oh. oh, I love it, Casey. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your appearance.
2: I want to keep doing it. You guys are the best.
1: All right. Thanks, Thank
2: Casey. So sweet. Oh, Casey, That's so cool. We love this moment, man. He's making me feel good. Yeah. Wow. That's really nice.
1: Hey, what's up,
3: Daniel? Dude, Smoke, good to hear you guys back on the radio. Dude, Thanks. appreciate it. What-
2: oh, uh-oh. Wait, Daniel. He's going to go off for a second. Hold on. <laughs> here we go what-
1: where are you listening are you listening on the radio
6: yes i am okay oh. all right fair, <laughs> fair, 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 fair. No,
1: that's fine all right we're on the radio but you should check out the youtube feed sometime youtube dot com slash sacked sports 1140 i'm at work so i can't <laughs> wait they block you don't have internet at work uh no um okay. no, no but i'm outside so okay oh, you're go. good there you're good go. you're good all yeah. right what's up man what's on your mind
3: okay so um we've the uh, 49ers went through four quarterbacks and I was looking back and I'm, and I was searching going, I don't think any team has ever done that throughout the entire season. They went to their fourth string quarterback, got their fourth string quarterback hurt, had to bring their third stringer back in and he just had to fill in and he couldn't throw, throw anything. Um, so I thought the play where he got hurt, I thought that was Shani's fault. And Mm. I told my friend and he goes, Oh, Oh, that's crap. I think you're full of it. Um, Going 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 into the halftime, Howie Long, that was his first comment. He said, Why do you have a backup tight end blocking the second leading pat uh uh sack sack, sack leader in uh uh the NFL? Yeah. Then uh uh JJ uh, Watt tweeted the same thing.
2: Hey, I, I you brought that up too, Deuce. I agree, man. Yeah. I mean,
1: this is what we were talking about this. We're like, hey, there could be situations maybe in this game where you gotta have Kittle you know, protect a little bit. But you go with your backup tight end against this freak? like, And he got blown up. He just he got blown absolutely up. Absolutely blown up. And that guy wreaked havoc on the Niners in that game. I, I, he was one of the best defensive players you saw the entire weekend with what Hassan Reddick was able to do. I mean, it was... The big sack, he recovered Johnson's fumble, he was getting after guys, playing physical. He was great.
2: You guys, but I will say this too. It's such, I mean, it's obviously a physical game, freak things happen, and guys get hurt on random play I mean look at Nick Bosa on the sideline right when he was not even playing you mean and- when he
1: got cleated and he said it was like two inches into his calf correct, and he correct. was bleeding the entire and, game and
2: it's like my point is it's like I think sometimes we do look for something to blame although I don't think that you're necessarily wrong with your assessment on it I I just don't want to try and blame yeah. that whole thing on Shanahan because guys do just That's get cool. hurt in this and, and one
1: thing Daniel before or you, you continue. Uh Shanahan was oh. asked about that after the game. He says it's a tough block, but all play actions are tight end versus edge rushers. They had us on a number of those today. So he w- he was just saying that, nah, you know what, Th- we've done that before and it's yeah. been okay.
3: Yes, yeah, but not with that guy. That's true. I said this is this is the wrong guy to play that to to call that play play against. Yeah. And I'm looking at his entire 6 years with the 49ers. Shanahan doesn't tend to protect his players much. That's why we've gone through quarterbacks constantly. We're constantly – our quarterbacks are constantly hurt.
1: Yeah, our, but, um, you know, some our, of that our, wasn't our just players. Shanahan. I mean, remember Garoppolo what, tore his ACL in a run against the Chiefs.
3: It was that. – that is true. But in this play yesterday – um Shanahan called it again with Josh Johnson in there, and he got sacked right off the bat. Ooh,
1: I, li-
2: I like I like this conspiracy. I like this. It's Daniel. not a conspiracy. I, I think
1: he's, what he's saying it's mismanagement, yeah. and, and I, Shanahan g- should yeah. be on the hot seat according to Daniel. You
2: guys, I'm but then, kidding. but yeah. then, but no, hear me out on this though too. It's like okay, but then. Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, he put guys in such bad positions of where he would throw the football. I mean, how many times to George Kittle, would there be some, uh, a corner or whoever right there ready to just knock him down and put him on the ground because Garoppolo isn't leading him with the pass or he's throwing it into just a bad position? And my point is, is like there's going to be people that put guys in bad positions. I think the quarterback situation, though, I think we're mm-hmm. being we're looking for someone to blame
1: all right daniel we're up against it but we appreciate you thanks there's daniel checking in but i do think that play was significant and i think most people point that and go yeah that was a mistake we got a lot to get to coming up at noon we've got Herm edwards when we come back we can talk more about championship weekend and of course what went down with the sacramento kings it's all straight ahead on sacktown sports
0: Deuce and Moe. Watch the show now on
1: YouTube.com/sactownsports1140, or listen for
0: free on the Sactown Sports
1: app. Oh yes, if you're in the YouTube chats, if you're not, you got to get there. YouTube.com/sactownsports1140. Hit the thumbs up button so this channel will continue to grow. It's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Wright. It's a Monday, and yeah. that's. Yeah. That's kind of deflating. I almost don't like it. It's, I love it. That means we hit 100 thumbs up on YouTube. So
2: 200 and 300 thumbs up are a lot better than uh, that. Let's get to 200, baby. Yeah,
1: let's do it. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Coming up in a bit, we got Herm Edwards. But every weekend, we see a lot of games. We got yeah. football games. Yeah. You got hoops. You got yeah. some dogs. It's time for the dog of the day.
6: Closing time.
1: No. Not closing time yet. I'm so embarrassed right that'd now. Be, that'd
4: be cool. Oh, and what? for some reason, yeah, yeah. it just erased from our... <laughs> <laughs> the dog of the day erased. We okay. don't need I want to go press it. I want to no, go press
1: it. I don't care. Closing don't time please.
2: Don't even need it. Ready? This is live.
1: We don't need it. It's time for a dog of the day. And you're going, what's a dog of the day? Whoop, whoop, it's the person whoop, whoop. who gives you a little bit of something that just fires you up, that leads you... Maybe be more inspired the next Ooh. day.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah.
1: Watching all the sports this weekend. Dogs of the day. If you have a dog of the day, you can hit us up in the YouTube chat. You can also hit us up at one eight hundred nine two oh eleven forty or three three nine eleven forty. Morgan. Who's your dog of the week? No,
2: don't start with me. You, you guys. Got it bad. Fine, I, I'll go. I'll yeah, go. Yeah.
1: My dog of the day is quite simply that freak from Kansas City. Everyone talking about it all week. It's Burrowhead. It's Burrowhead. No, it's Mahomes' house. Oh. And this guy. Mahomes's house. Morgan. Yeah. This guy's limping around. Yep. High ankle sprain. Uh-huh. Most, you, you don't play with a high ankle sprain. You saw him at times literally landing on his one foot because his right foot's all messed up. He couldn't run the ball except late in the game. He might have gotten some help. Maybe there's a hold. It didn't matter. Third yeah. and four. They needed a first down. He got a first down. This guy made some big throws. Yep. And even though he was on one leg, he led his team to a Super Bowl appearance the third time he has been in a super bowl he's only 27 years old my dog okay of oh, the weekend
2: Got- oh. There we go. More barking. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a that's a good dog of the day. I'm totally with you. I think um
1: Patrick Levon Mahomes, II. I mean, by the second. I'm glad you approve, as if like your disapproval would have no, meant anything. To no, no,
2: me. no. And I don't care about your approval or your disapproval. Really don't give a damn. But my whole point to that is he is also my dog of the weekend because I'm only going to have a bad dog. But before we get to my bad dog, I'd rather get to Chris's good okay good dog. Uh,
1: we're gonna sit your bad dog for last. I wanna hear Chris's good dog. I got one more too. See, I
4: don't have. I don't have good dog. You just have a dog. I have good dogs. Oh, Whoa! Wrexham AFC in the fifth division of soccer. So first you got the Premier League one, then a level down two, then a level down three, then a level down four. Level... These guys are lower in the totem pole than the River Cats are. Okay, okay. You're, now you're getting me sucked back in. Okay. They take it to Sheffield United championship team in the FA Cup. They are moments away from losing, but they can't hold on. These are guys that have other jobs. This is like their side hustle is yeah. being a professional footballer. Okay. They're going to a replay against Sheffield United, who scored first minute. It's like, all right, Cinderella story, done. Uh-uh. They're going to the replay. I think they're going to go one more round. I think they got it in them. Okay. Those that- are my dogs <sighs> of the week.
8: <laughs>
4: i got one All more right, dog Chris. and i gotta oh. be honest i didn't think someone in the
1: youtube chat would have the same one as me Ooh. my guy just sue i'm giving it to the ring general the guy in the royal rumble who was in there at number one and lasted a royal rumble record 70 plus minutes before that fraud cody rhodes eliminated him whoo gunther Ooh. <laughs> Guther, now, Guth- yeah, dude, Guther is a badass. He's dude. a big
2: human being. Oh my,
1: he lost a whole bunch of weight. He's one of the more entertaining guys.
2: Guy was seventy plus minutes in the ring. Amazing. No, that's I don't care. Anyone that doesn't understand wrestling and even really wrestling's fake, it doesn't matter. You're still putting a lot of physical activity into those minutes when you're into the ring performing live in front of that crowd. So I like that one. All right, more. You know
4: what? I'm gonna add another one to Whoa!
2: that.
4: How about Rhea Ripley? Going an hour in the women's Royal Rumble. She didn't just fizzle out and just lose. She went on to win the whole damn thing.
2: Dude, and she had a bloody nose like in the first few minutes.
4: Straight up, dog. Did you
1: just (laughs) see?
2: You know
1: what? I'm not taking it away, but don't try to take some away from Gunther, who was battered and bruised, taking shots left and right the whole match. Okay. Okay, who's well, your bad? Rhea Ripley dog. with the whole match. Yeah. <laughs> Not with the physicality of. Oh, okay, Gunther. okay.
2: Fine. They can both win, you guys. Okay, I so I this week have a bad dog okay. of the weekend, okay? Um my bad dog of the weekend <laughs> is going to be Joey Bosa. And my reasoning, though, I have multiple bad dogs. The person taking the video harassing him, also a bad dog. The whole situation, bad dogs. We don't need to do that. We're human beings, right? Like, but if someone is going to harass you, don't bite. Don't, just don't give in to their harassment. And what does Joey Bosa do? He... Calls him out by saying, hey, I'm rich and you're poor. Wow. Good one, Joey Bosa. We're so happy for you and your awful personality that you have so much money to be a D-bag all the time. I don't care. I just don't like him. Bad dog of the day or the weekend.
1: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good one. No, that's a great one. I'm not surprised that a Bosa brother would do something like
2: that. i I'm rich. We're so happy for you. Uh, so happy.
1: Free from Aggie on the chat says, uh, dog of the weekend, Pat Bev bringing a DSLR camera for an unofficial <laughs> review. I could not stand that he did that, dude. Like,
2: <sighs> So many people liked it, though. So many people online. The, the internet loved it. They were like, this is the best technical ever. And... It would have been, but at the same time, Pat Beverly just does too much of it, right? Too much. Now, five years down the line, maybe I'll look back and I'll appreciate that time that Pat Beverly used no. theatrics and props to get that technical. But at the same time, right now, I'm just like, I'm over that man. I'm well, over him.
1: So the Lakers, by the way, who were so upset because a missed call went against the Lakers. Oh, oh. I mean, LeBron First time, huh? was breaking. First time. LeBron threw a temper tantrum, right? Absolute temper tantrum. Breen Breen even sent his call, and that's the game. And they realized, oh, wait, the game's not over. Why is LeBron acting like this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the game? So you would think maybe the Lakers would be like, oh, we got to come out. We play the Nets coming up on Monday. We really got to bring it. LeBron and AD not playing against the Nets. Oh... You're going to take your ball and go home after losing to the Celtics. You're not going to go head-to-head with the Nets. You're just going to throw that game away. We got to talk about a fish game because it was a big theme of the weekend. But beyond disappointing to see the NBA world and the media be like, man, the Lakers, there's been really some bad calls against them as if no other, call, no other team in the NBA this year has faced bad calls. It was so bad that the NBA officials' Twitter feed.
2: Think this.
1: This is pretty bad, Morgan. No,
2: it's really bad. The
1: NBA referee's Twitter account. After all this happened, you know, you had LeBron throwing a temper tantrum. He got fouled, absolutely. They still had a chance to go win in overtime, but hey, we'll we'll move on from that. They tweet out, like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can
4: be.
2: I That's our s- damn. I saw this and I said, "Is this sarcasm, Deuce?"
4: I genuinely thought it was like one of those fake. Thank accounts.
2: you. I did too. I did too because everyone can do the blue checkmark thing or something, and I was like, "Is this real or fake?" And it sounds like it was real. Weird.
1: And. For me, it rubs me the wrong way because Thank you. It's, uh, it's the Lakers that get the reaction. LeBron
2: gets the reaction. It's H- like...
1: How many how many teams around the NBA would love to have an apology from the NBA referees, but it's the Lakers after a miss call goes against them? And just LeBron bizarre.
2: having this bizarre tantrum after. Like, yeah. that, we're going to apologize? Like, you're just... You're not holding people accountable. You don't do that. Ugh
1: we got a lot to go over in the next couple of hours. We are live until 2 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And coming up next, a former NFL head coach and ESPN NFL analyst, one of the great guys in the biz, Herm Edwards, joins us at noon on Sacktown Sports. are
0: live been local it's deuce and mo watch the show now on
1: youtube.com slash sacktown sports 1140
0: or listen for free on the sacktown sports app
1: oh yes juice mason morgan reagan on the monday so much to go over after the heartbreak of what went down on sunday in philly and what patrick mahomes did Mm. what a performance that was great by an icon who's 27 years old and no he is he is people can try to take shots we've never seen anything like him he is incredible what he did yesterday was legendary now we have a Super Bowl that is making NFL history the first time ever we have two black quarterbacks going head to head with Jalen Hurts taking on Patrick Mahomes two really talented young quarterbacks and both guys kind of banged up Hurts with the shoulder Mahomes with the Mm. ankle they do have a couple weeks to heal on up but we're still trying to deal with the hangover of what went down for the Niners. It hurt big time. We got Herm Edwards coming up in just a few minutes. And we got to talk more about the Kings coming up this hour. <sighs> this road trip, we knew, it, it you know, it's not it, every game in the West is tough. I just think this game against Minnesota tonight is a significant one. I, I feel like it's a big one. I want to see how they responded because I think they need to play with more physicality. You could talk about, oh, they got to have that type of mindset. I saw enough of that in that fourth quarter so let's see what the kings can do later tonight we'll talk about it in just a few minutes but now let's bring on a guy that is one of the best in the business the best he's all over your tv screens this morning yes. breaking everything down he's one of our favorites he's a former nfl head coach he's played the game he's coached it at all levels and of course he's an awesome analyst on espn he's the one and only herm edwards how you doing herm I'm well.
9: Thank you for having me on your show. I
1: appreciate you guys. Oh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're, of course, kind of dealing with the aftermath of what went down in the NFC Championship game. I mean, it's just unbelievable that the Niners had to go to a fourth-string guy. Can you think of a championship oh. game as bizarre as the one that we saw uh, yesterday in Philly?
9: No, you really you, you really felt bad for 49ers fans, obviously, and I, I think you guys know my relationship with John Lynch, right? I talked to him yesterday and, you know, just told him, I said, hey, man, that's I feel bad for you guys because, you know, you you come so far and you've already had issues with the quarterback, with guys getting hurt, and to see that happen to you. Uh, it was just a change, uh, you know, because it was, was going to be a great game. And I think it still was. Their defense played outstanding. Um, I, I think the NFL needs to look at that rule about really – having that third quarterback activated, you know, and, and not count him as a roster spot uh, because when something like that happens, it just, it hurts the game. You know, it, it really does. It's hard to watch.
2: Yeah. We, was. We, that was something that we were even discussing earlier. And it's, it, that was like the identity of the game too, right? It was hard at times to be like the Eagles are doing this well, or the penalties that were being called, you know, there's a lot of things going on, but if you're, with the Niners, what do you even tell your team after a loss like that? Because I felt like the game was over at the half. Well,
9: no doubt. And, and, and they're, they're a crew that, that obviously takes a lot of pride it's just being tough-minded and just playing to the echo of the whistle, especially on defense. And offensively, same thing. I mean, this team was, was, was built the right way. Um, and when you lose the quarterback, I mean, everybody can kind of sense what's going on. But you're just hoping you can make a play on special teams, you know, and and that's where the defense sits there and goes, okay, if we don't let them score, they can't win. I mean, that's the mentality you take, right? But eventually, you're playing a good team, too, in the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I mean, their defense is pretty good, too. And so now you sit in a position where the only way we can do it is maybe get a turnover or two on defense and maybe make a special team split.
1: I know as a former coach, you probably loved when – uh, idiots like us uh, hosting shows <laughs> and in the media would like criticize something that went down. But I think a lot of people and fans are talking about, and even on the broadcast yesterday, they were talking about uh, the play where Purdy got hurt. I mean, you have a, your backup tight end trying to block one of the premier pass rushers in the game this year in Hassan Reddick. Uh, what what do you think of that decision and maybe how how could the, the 49ers have done better in that situation
9: well you know you you you, you don't always know what front they're going to actually line up in
1: yeah
9: <laughs> so yeah it'd be easy if you knew what they were going to do all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. right but it was just one of those it was the it was the right, it was the, the wrong play to be called at that time when the eagles were in that mode of you know Hassan Reddick but he had a great game i mean he he was a disruptor and and look this team Philadelphia, look, it had 70 sacks, right? <laughs> so it's not like, well, yeah. okay, yeah, they're pretty good, too, by the way. Yeah. Know? And it's just it's just a shame that that happened to Purdy. Uh, he gets hurt, and you can see it. And then the other kid goes in there and, and, and does okay. And then all of a sudden, he leaves with, with I guess, a concussion. It looked like, oh, mm-hmm. man. So what are they going to do now? And at one time, they were talking about McCaffrey maybe playing quarterback. I'm going, oh, boy. Yeah, we, this is really hard
2: <laughs> were you thinking at, by any chance were you thinking like hey they should go with McCaffrey because when they started putting Brock Purdy back in there with no arm I'm like what are you supposed to do did you did you want Shanahan to go in a different direction
9: well look we saw McCaffrey on the one play where they tossed him and he threw it and if that was any signs of it I was going no they better keep the other guy in there. he starts throwing it and he, this could be bad. They could probably, you know, intercept the ball and everything else. So, I just think they were in a game where they knew when the quarterback got hurt defensively, the defense knew it and offense knew it. They said, look, we're going to have to make some, some plays in the running game, try to get in the field goal position when we can. And if the defense can help us and get a turnover or two, we can stay in this game. And, and they played out that way. And the Eagles are a team, obviously, that they understood that they had a lead and what Hurst did, I thought he did a great job of. He wasn't going to turn the ball. You know, they, weren't, they, they said, we, if we don't turn the ball over, they can't beat us. And, and, and it came to fruition.
1: Yeah, just so tough, too, and so deflating oh. when you, you, oh. you're in the situation. You're, you're sitting on the sideline going, we don't really have a shot. If we can't throw the ball, we don't have a shot oh, yeah. in this game. And they it were literally. Uh, yeah, it was hard to watch. Man. It was hard to watch.
9: Because you, you could feel it, you know, and I, and I look at it as a, as a player. You know, I always look at things through the eyes of a player because obviously I was, you know, I had the opportunity to play. And you go, this is really hard. I mean, it's really hard. And and, and it was all about special teams if they could get a turnover, uh, do something defensively to give them a spark. You know, where they could stay in this game. And the Philadelphia Eagles were on task. You know, they ran the ball. They weren't going to turn it over. They played conservative, and that's all they needed to do.
1: Yeah, we're hanging out with Herm Edwards and Herm. I, this. the the defense too i thought the niners did a pretty solid job for the most part but it seemed Mm -hmm. like that near the end of that that second quarter on that drive some some big time penalties some questionable ones i I felt like that was the other theme coming out of championship sunday is we had a lot of people talking about the officials in both games and and how much that impacted things what do you think of what went down
9: yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you always look at games that way and say, well, could the officials done it a little bit different? And, and, and obviously penalties hurt them as well, you know, because you almost got to play perfect once your quarterbacks go yeah. down. You almost got to yeah. play perfect. I mean, you know, they, they missed the call. They missed the call of the catch. I mean, there's no <sighs> doubt. but. The Eagles were smart enough to, to get up on the ball and go.
1: Yeah, that one hurt because it, 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 I, I'm just I'm looking at that play. I'm going. Everyone's saying, like, "Hey, Shanahan should have reviewed it." But with this NFL replay assist, you would love that the guy, if the guys in New York would be able to determine that rather than counting on Shanahan realizing it without the angle, maybe trying to call a timeout. I, I, that was really a tough sequence for the Niners.
9: It is a tough sequence because I know that as a head coach, sometimes you know, depending where the ball is being thrown or the, where it happens, you're away from it, you can't see it and you're hoping the guys in the box can see it, and they're not quite sure. They're looking at the TV monitor, too, trying to figure out, coach, you need to throw the flag. Well, you're sitting in the position, and it's a close game at that point. You know. So it's like, okay, this is important. And then you're hoping the officials might get it right and smart by the Eagles. They yeah. jumped up on the ball, and, you know, and every, every offense has that in their system that when, it's, when it looks like it's getting close to the sideline of play, we want to make sure they don't you know, try to look at it and go fast, and, and that's what they were able to do and got the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and that's where you got to give that team credit, right, for just being yeah. smart, making that happen quick, yeah. and, okay, I want to ask you about Brock Purdy and his future mm. with the 49ers. Do you think the 49ers have seen enough and that's the direction that they're going to go with?
9: Well, you know, just me from the outside, I mean, I do, I, I think he, he wanted, you know, to put itself in position now where they're in a good position. They, they have a younger quarterback they like that got hurt, that they drafted. Um, do they sit there and this is a discussion between John and the head coach and, and everyone else involved in the organization? What do we do? Do we, you know, look for some options to trade this other guy and go with Brock Purdy and then, and then get another guy, you know? Or do they make a competition? It'll be an interesting scenario. I know this. Purdy has won the locker room. There's no doubt. He has won those players in the locker room. And listen, this is the key. What does Coach Shanahan want? Does he want a quarterback to play on script? Or does he want one to play off script? And if you have a quarterback that plays off script, that's not always in structure, then that's fine. He's going to make a lot of plays. and We know who they are: Josh Allen, Mahomes. We know who those guys are. They they play off script. Well, you got to be willing to let them do that as a coach. I, that 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 Coach Shanahan's philosophy. Mm. He's going to have to wrestle with that. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see which way they go.
1: We got to talk about this AFC Championship game, I, Mahomes. It, it's crazy that. I shouldn't be surprised because we have just seen this guy do incredible things on the football field. But when you see a guy that's fresh off a high ankle sprain, he's jumping around on one leg at times, dealing with it. He can't run except that big third and four that was massive in the game. What what jumped out to you about what he was able to do in that AFC Championship game?
9: Well, I think his, his leadership inspires that, that football team. And I, I think that team in general, uh, they were tired of hearing about Joe Burroughs in the Cincinnati Bengals, And that's not Joe Burrow's fault. I mean, all they can do is go play and they happen to beat him three times in a row. And um, regardless of his ankle, he was still magnificent in the pocket. He's very accurate. And this is where his arm talent comes in. Because at times, you know, he has such great arm talent. He doesn't have to use his legs on some of those throws, Where a lot of quarterbacks have to use their legs. He does not have to because of where he can put that ball and throw it from different slots. But It didn't surprise me about him. I mean, when he went back in that other game, and everybody was questioning, was he going to play? I remember I was on TV and I said, he might not. I looked at him. I said, are you kidding me? (laughs) This guy's going to play. I mean, what do you mean? He's thinking about playing? He's going to play. And he played. He played well.
2: He did. And then obviously that his one and only run of the game, truly, when he got that first down, and then getting out of bounds, that late hit on Osai. That yeah. was so obviously like the game-winning play right there. But if you're someone like Osai, you're 22 years old, you're looking at that situation, your teammates are yelling at you in the locker room, what should be... Some of them supported him, Some though, yeah. And some of them supported him. What, what do you think his mindset really is today? Do you think it should be more like, look, he didn't lose the game, Mahomes won the game with that run? Yeah, I
9: don't think he can say that. And, and I would think that team, the way it's built, those guys, will come. they'll come to comfort him. And look, I, I've been involved in that championship game three times in my NFL career. One as a player, where we beat the Dallas Cowboys and went to the Super Bowl. The other two times as, as a coach. And I do know this. When you rewind the game, there is more than just one play. There, there's some numerous plays that probably pop up and you go, you know what, if we'd have done that, we might have a chance. And, and here's the sad part about that game. There's a finality to it. When you lose that game, the championship game, boy, it's hard to recover. I mean, it, it took it took me at least a week. Because you understand all that was put into this season to get to that game. And when you lose it, you go home. And you're like every other team in the National Football League now. You're, you're going to watch the Super Bowl. And go say, you know what? We're one game away from getting into the Super Bowl. Can we get there again next year? Now, a lot of these teams that were in the playoffs this year, 49ers being one of them, they'll be knocking on the door against next uh, next year. But there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to a Super Bowl 15, didn't play very well, got beat against the Raiders. We were the favorite going in. And we thought the next year, hey, we got a good team. We're going to get back in there. Well, we got to the playoffs and got knocked off, and never and never won again. In my thirty five years of being in the National Football League, I was in three championship games. One we won and the other two we lost. And i only been to one Super Bowl.
1: And and that's the pain that you see in a locker room after games. That's why you see Niners players in tears and Bengals players yeah. in tears because you're right. There's just no guarantee. And every fan's like, oh, next year you could do it. It's hard to get there. There's a lot oh. of luck sometimes that's involved. It's injury stuff. And it's just wild how fast things can change, which also I think makes it even more crazy how the Niners even got to where they did considering going through all those quarterbacks. Yeah. It's just, it's it's insane. Look, I'm going to
9: tell you
1: something. Think about it this way. And
9: they've got a bright future San Francisco. And not just because, you know, John Lynch is like a son to me. And not just the way they do things, the way that team is built. Because remember this. I went to the Kansas City 49 ers game. I was at that game. And I watched the Kansas City Chiefs kind of demolish the 49ers. And from that day forward, they just got better. This team has the makeup of losing that football game, it'll make them better because that's how they're built. They got enough guys in that locker room to are built that way.
1: I know we got a couple weeks till the Super Bowl, but, you know, Eagles, Chiefs, do you, do you have a feel either way at this point? Of course, there's a lot of questions about the health of both quarterbacks.
9: You're right. And the problem I got, and it's not a problem, but I played for one of those teams for about 10 years. Yeah. And the other one, I was in that organization for about 10 years, one time as a head coach and the other time as a assistant coach. So I'm just going to stay neutral right now.
1: <laughs> that's tough. That is really tough. Yeah, you have emotions. You have ties to both teams. Well, Herm, we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us for a bit. You're the best, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon.
9: Thank you, guys. Enjoy the Super
1: Bowl. All right, Thanks, thank Herm. you. That's the one and only Herm Edwards, just the nicest guy. Always. And yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, and Andy Reid. How about Andy Reid taking on his former team? He spent yeah. so much time in Philly, and now he's going head-to-head. Andy Reid, by the way. I'm so glad he's getting the love over the last couple of years that he deserves. For so long, it was like jokes about Andy Reid. Couldn't win the big one. Here's the reality. The guy wins every year. It doesn't matter who's there, whatever. Uh, we'll be back in 60 seconds. Do some on sectown Sports. <laughs>
2: Deuce and
6: Moe
1: Mo on Sactown Sports. Yes, we are live on a Monday. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, each and every day from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. If you're just back in the town, you've been on vacation for like, what? What is happening? There's local coverage now on Sacktown Sports. Yeah, we're going to be on Monday through Friday. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan in a return to Sacramento's premier station. Sacktown Sports. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. We're going to be live. Our show eleven to two, but live and local all day six a.m. to six p.m. That's never been done on this station, and you can get us in a variety of ways. Eleven forty a.m., of course, on the radio dial. Cool, or the Sacktown Sports yeah. app, free in the app store, and of course, you could join the fun. The YouTube feed, youtube.com/sacktownsports. Eleven forty. Each and every show goes live. And we are interacting with you guys. I don't want you to think you go to the YouTube feed and with just a fly in the wall, and you're just staring at two people do a radio show. No way. No, I'm looking at you. I'm looking right at you. In We're your talking eyes. with you. To We're you. gonna have some fun. So if you're there, make sure to hit the thumbs up. You know one of my favorite things, Morgan. Uh, no. From yesterday.
2: Oh. Um. If, wait, can I guess? Yeah. One of your favorite things from yesterday. Well, I'm gonna guess Patrick Mahomes.
1: Okay, that's one of them. Okay. It's, it's from that game.
2: Oh, it's from that game.
1: After oh. that game, huh?
2: Oh, after the game? Okay, tell me what.
1: It just goes to show you, people love to make fun of wrestling. But the things that people love most about sports are all wrestling related. There we go. Travis Kelsey after the game, mm-hmm. literally cutting a promo after getting the trophy.
0: How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I've got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Yes. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Listen to the pop. You gotta fight for your right to party. Heel. I and, knew he was gonna be up for one more of those.
1: That was great.
2: Heel. You jabroni. Well,
1: he. It, I mean, it wasn't a heel move. That was a babyface promo. I, he was at home.
2: He's. I mean, but he's. He's talking to Cincinnati. You gotta fight for your right to party. Like, even that. Isn't that throwing shade?
4: Chris, that was a baby
1: promo. Brody.
4: Oh, yeah, for Kansas City. Definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, for oh sure. Oh, my God. You and guys then, are so... Ugh. And then Frank Clark after the game. Frank Clark. This one's not getting enough attention for what he did after the game. This was the best promo of the whole weekend.
3: You just had a long embrace with your head coach. What did Andy Reid just say to you? Man, we did it. We did it. You know what I mean? We had to come back out here.
9: You know, last year this time... Same team since this home, man. You know, very disappointing season. I don't know who the hell they think they was calling this Burrowhead. head. I don't know who the hell they thought they was talking about. They us gonna finish us off. They gonna take their bum ass back to Cincinnati. Man, they came to cheesecake and got their ass stumped off. I don't know what number one did. I told him to holler at me. I don't know what this band. I told them all to holler at me. I told them last year they ain't get my best. I told them this year they barely got my best. I told them with the playoffs though, I'm the King.
1: Mm. At me every game. Let's go. I'm the effing king. Baby Take face. your bomb ass back to Cincinnati. Baby face. Dude, that was
2: incredible. no or baby know face. Know your role and shut your mouth.
1: I mean, I, I, these are both baby faces. They're at home. Wow. the home crowd. This is I don't how much I how don't know heel. about wrestling then. My God. No, the, the Bengals came into this game as heels. They're doing a whole bunch of jaw jack and his burrow head. We're walking in acting like we're the best. They haven't won anything. They haven't had the Bowl. I mean, they
2: beat, but they did beat the Chiefs. Have they won a Super Bowl?
1: Have they won a Super Bowl with that group?
2: No. Eh, eh.
1: The Chiefs have won a Super Bowl. You're coming to their house and you're running all that smack. You better show up in a big way. The baby faces won. They cut a promo. Calling out guys left and right. That was incredible. You
2: keep using this word jabroni, and it's awesome.
1: I love that he dropped a jabroni.
2: That was funny. That was hilarious. It's, hey, there's so much wrestling sports. It's just like we were saying the other day with Joel Embiid with the crotch chop um, to everyone in the world.
1: Embiid gets fined for doing the crotch chop. It all ties together. Uh, Andy Reid, do you think he ran any smack talk about the Cincinnati mayor? No way. He was asked about the mayor of Cincinnati.
5: Our guys did a great job of not going that direction. Their mayor said it all. So I'm glad our mayor just did what he did and... Some people heard it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's people in that locker room. I love that. Like, the the players were more fired up about the Cincinnati mayor saying stuff. That's great.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, when someone's going to be that vocal and then it gets pushed around on social media, it's those little things that just amp you up. And that's what definitely got Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, uh, in the chat, Jesu says the Bengals win the Arrowhead, acting like they are the Memphis Grizzlies, just just doing a lot of talking and not backing it up.
2: Man, you got I, I I guess I get, but at the same time, like they they beat the Chiefs how many times in a, like it was like three, three in a row. Yeah, yeah three in a row, and it's just I mean they had something to go off of, but. When it came to having a belt, the championship ring, no, that's where they couldn't go off of that.
4: Is it bad that uh, the Cincinnati mayor is like the Spike Lee of the Cincinnati Bengals now? Yeah. He's getting like the blame for it. Yeah. Yeah. The, and what's bad, I only know one Cincinnati mayor of all time. Jerry
2: Springer. Jerry Springer.
4: <laughs> 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 like, you need to bring that in. Like, so, we need to be writing for them to Ugh. talk trash to Cincinnati. Dude, so, so bad.
2: I'm looking him up now. What does he look like?
1: You just I mean, once you look at he's got a punchable face Ooh, for sure. Yeah. All right, we got much more coming up, but let's talk some Kings and NBA straight ahead. The Lakers complaining about the officials. The Kings in a big game tonight against Minnesota. We'll do that next on Sactown Sports.
2: And Mo. Juice
0: and Mo on Sat Town Sports.
5: Shot clock at six, game clock at nineteen. Anthony Edwards rocks, fires for three, yeah. score the triple, and that will undoubtedly be a dagger.
1: It was the dagger. Anthony Edwards was insane in the second half on Saturday night. The Kings start their road trip with a disappointing loss against. The T-Wolf team that's playing a lot better basketball right now. It seems like they're finding a rhythm, especially without Cat. Guys are playing free. Ant had 34. He only had eight points at halftime. D'Angelo Russell had a big game. Both guys shot efficiently. It was a really disappointing defensive effort for the Kings, and the offense wasn't going at all. These two teams play again tonight, 5 p.m., Rudy Gobert, questionable at this point. Morgan Reagan? He was
2: questionable before last game as well. So I don't know where to really go with that. I think when you see that, you just play on like he is going to be in there. And um, your game plan for him, well, just don't let him out-hustle you. Don't let him out-body you. Be more physical. Obviously, he's a bigger dude. But you just got to find ways to go at him. Yeah,
1: Morgan, that was my thing, and I'd like to see more of this tonight. I felt like when the Kings had success against him, they're running some pick and rolls, getting him out to defend the pick and roll. That allowed Sabonis to get some looks. I know you mentioned it, too, talking about Metsu getting some easy looks that way. It felt like the Kings were scared of Gobert any other time they had to go up against him, and they were trying to pump fake him. There's no point in pump faking Rudy Gobert. He's long by the way, his shot blocking numbers are down this year. But when you're pump faking, it's very obvious. He's just going to stand put. He's not going to be phased by your pump fakes because he doesn't have to jump. He's one of the premier shot blockers the league has had in the last decade. I, I felt like they need to go at his chest a little more. And that's something that Sabonis did do in that fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, just it, understanding your personnel, right? Understanding that, like you're saying, he's not going to jump up for a shot. He doesn't need to. So how do you do that? Well, not only by going into his chest, going at him, being physical, but also look what happened. Was that the second quarter when... Uh, Chimezi Metu had a few of those dunks. It was in that pick and roll. It was when Gobert was coming two steps over and Malik Monk um, and whoever else was throwing it above the rim, allowing there to be a lob threat uh, and to get it over Gobert. So then guys wouldn't have to go directly at him, especially when his hands are up, his arms are up. It's just, it disrupts so much of everyone's game when they get into the paint.
1: And too many defensive mistakes. I I think the other thing, uh, when D'Angelo Russell's getting it going and some of his stuff happened in training. Transition That's tough, especially off turnovers. Can you get into a guy? Can you play with some physicality? The only guy who I felt like did that in the game was Davion Mitchell. He was getting into him a little bit. He was getting into Ant at times when he had to defend him. Kings got to come out like aggressive from the start. Fox was awesome in the fourth quarter. 21 points in the fourth quarter. But he was really a non-factor offensively, quarters one through three, so much so that even on the broadcast, Katie's like, he looks a little tired tonight. He looks gassed. He didn't look gassed at all in that fourth quarter.
2: No, and he did look fatigued early on. And it was interesting to see because it was like, why would he be? I mean, the T-Wolves are the team that are playing their second night of a back to back, right? Like they should have been the team that looked a little bit more gassed, looked tired that night. But instead, there was your leaders looking um, not as filled with energy and um, not as engaged defensively. And we've talked about their rotation so many times and how guys were not doing a good job of closing out correctly. There was a play later on, or I believe actually it was in that second quarter where everyone had rotated over. And then you had Malik Monk closing out on DeAndre. D'Angelo Russell who had already hit five threes and it was like oh he's not closing out on him hard enough that's the only time where I would have been fine with someone blowing by D'Angelo Russell or going up in the air on D'Angelo Russell and instead it was a slow closeout I would have rather had D'Angelo Russell um you know get a look for a two-point shot
1: I think there have been some games this year where Fox has made a point to come out of the gates aggressive one of those games happened when Sabonis was out, that game in Los Angeles, I, I just want a little more balance. Like, I, I, you can't wait till the fourth quarter. Now, he wasn't the only one. I feel like Sabonis was the same way. It was like a, the level of physicality kind of ticked up in the fourth quarter out of desperation. And had they had that a little sooner, maybe things go differently. I know it's unfair to act like, hey, you need that type of Fox for all four quarters because, I mean, that's just outrageous. The guy scored 21 points. He was playing with force. But how do they get that from the start of the game.
2: I, I mean, that's where it just it comes from your leaders. It comes from people setting the tones, whether it's with physicality, whether it's being engaged. Like, there's been so many times where we've said over the years, like, oh, you want your coaches to bring that out of them. But at the same time, it's like you've got to find it from within to bring it out of yourself. You're not going to have that every game. I get that, but this is the start of a road trip. The The mentality should have been different, and it wasn't. And it was frustrating to see guys like De'Aaron not have that same energy that he had in that fourth quarter. Or even Domas Sabonis, you know, I, I know he's coming off of two games with 17 turnovers uh, combined in those two games and then only finished with three turnovers in this game. So he's had his struggles lately, but it was like – That next man up mentality, other guys weren't stepping up either early on.
1: Adrian from the YouTube chat has a question, Morgan. Yes. You guys say they close out too hard or they don't close out well enough. Tell the people the proper way to close out, please, and thank you. So,
2: Adrian, the proper way to close out, and again, not acting like this is easy, especially on the NBA level. Um, I wish I could actually jump on this desk and show you, but what I'm talking about is you really want to chop your feet, right? And if you're chopping your feet, you're able to be in a position to chop your feet and still move your hips laterally. Okay. I know this is funny that I'm showing it kind of on the, on the YouTube stream. And by doing that you're able to st- to still ha- be able to be really mobile and so if they do pump fake you and go you can still like find that angle to try and stay in front of them but also by chopping your feet you're giving yourself that option to jump up or get a hand in the face but to also be able to backtrack as well. Does that the, make sense?
1: I think the other thing too with that on these closeouts, there have been so many times when the kings are closing out that they they are going they're leaving their feet.
2: Whoa, right, like so many undisciplined and like, times. Can yes. you
1: contest without leaving your feet? Some of these offensive players, and after you see a lot of tape on this, you go, oh, Sacramento loves to close out super hard on three-point attempts. So give him one pump fake, move to your right, launch the shot. Or, hey, give him a slight pump fake. You saw last game, Nas Reed gets it from the three-point line. Metu comes out crashing out like it was Steph Curry launching a game winner. Yeah. And Reed just went right to the basket to score it.
2: Yeah, just a lot of there's there's times too that you'll see guys close out and then they fully give them an angle when really you're supposed to be showing your jersey and staying squared with that guy, right? Make sure you're showing your number. You hear people say that um, defensively and that is really hard, but if you obviously practice it enough and condition yourself to be able to do that with your body, you're not going to give a guy a line drive. Sure, your help, your second line of defense should be there, but at the same time, you don't want to have to depend on that. You want to put as much perimeter pressure as you can.
1: Are you nervous about this game tonight?
2: Um, I'm not nervous, but... If they don't win, I think mm. everyone that had the hopes and dreams of them coming home five and two is was ridiculous, just like I was saying.
1: The mindset you have. Like, as if you couldn't win five in a row after this? You can't win five in a row? You offers? can.
2: You totally can. It's just not going to be an easy task, especially which what lies ahead, and especially being on a road trip. And as the games continue, it just sometimes gets a little harder. Morgan,
4: I do, I do recall you saying that you wouldn't be surprised if the Kings had trouble with the Timberwolves.
2: Wait. What did I say?
4: You said you thought that they could have problems with the Timberwolves.
2: I mean, I did, right? Yes. I I mean, I— but, I'm
4: not being sarcastic. Okay. I'm genuinely saying yeah. that's what you said.
2: I said—but, that, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of people did say that, too, with, like, oh, let's split those games, you know? I think sometimes people look at a record and they just, like, go off of that, right? And they just go, oh, okay, well, they should win this game because they're— record is better or this team has lost five sometimes you have to factor in a team in their want to win and in like end their losing streak and all those things and i think um when you look at the timberwolves they've been playing better they've been stringing some games to get together that have been better so yeah of course and and we haven't even talked about how it's better without cat at times right they just seem like a better team anthony edwards uh gets more of his game going and it's just they've got things going on.
1: We'll talk more about this game coming up Kings and T-Pups plus. I feel like we're walking away from this weekend talking about officiating in the NBA and the NFL. Mm. How it's such a big problem right now. Uh-oh. And you know whose fault it is? Everyone else's fault. Oh. We'll talk about it Sacked on Sports. Deuce and Moe on your local sports leader, Set Town Sports. Oh yes, Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. So much talk about the officiating in the NFL yesterday on Championship Sunday. Weird calls in both games that were frustrating. Then you've got the Lakers who were so upset on Saturday night with what happened at the end of the game against the Celtics where LeBron got fouled. And then he threw a temper tantrum was that a temper tantrum is that fair
2: well i think a lot of people said that's what my 2 year old does when they don't get their ipad so i'm going to go with probably yes is that what a lot
1: of people were saying
2: yeah i think um the nation was like hey same it's my 2 year old that's what they look like it was just so i don't know i feel like pathet- pathet- and
1: then you had patrick beverly grabbing Who is a camera guy that's like, hey, Pat Bev, you want to see what it looked like on camera? And then Pat Bev grabs the camera, shows the official. I'm so glad that official went, you know,
2: get get out out of here. And not only that, though, I do think about some of these officials and I go, yeah, I don't know if we know this. They're not robots and their eyes are not DSLR cameras. So, like, they're not going to have that same lasting image in their head. Although, hey, they're making far too many mistakes in all of sports right now.
1: Yeah, you're, you're even in that Niners game. There's some ticky-tack stuff that was called. Cool. How about the roughing the punter call in the Niners Eagles oh game, God. where Mason literally got pushed into the punter, yes. and they go, "That's a flag." Uh, the the calls were ticky-tack. Uh, you saw the same thing. with Burrow, there's no like hit on him, but they call one on the homes on that third and four, which yep. is the right call, but it's. There was a lot of mistakes that happened. I think the other thing I I try to remember is a transitional period for the NBA, as they have all these young officials. After so many of the veteran guys are gone, you start thinking about well, why, why, why do you think officiating is bad? You know why it's bad? Why? Because why on earth would you want to be an official in 2023? I mean, honestly, you look there every weekend. There is some clip of some game. Where it's an elementary school game, and these parents are in the stands just ripping these officials who are getting paid minimum wage. We treat officials so poorly, it's gotten worse. And I think some people are going, I don't want to do it. There is a ref shortage now, because most people are like, I don't want to do that.
2: Yeah, and I don't blame them for not wanting to do that, especially like you're saying, uh, where... Some are having to start at the lowest level of youth basketball, and it's actually scary at times. And there are threats, and it's very odd and strange that everyone feels so entitled to, you know, make sure to yell at other human beings like they do. Like they don't, what if, people with officiating shirts and jerseys on, the black and white stripes, it's like they're just automatically society sees red and they they get angry and it's like animal reactions of like kill them let's get them on it's like no no those are real human beings but at the same time i understand people's frustrations but i don't know why everyone feels like they can take it to the next level um with threats and all these different things that we have seen over the years so i don't blame people for not wanting to be officials How do we change that? Some
1: of the officials are like WWE officials nowadays. I mean, I feel like wrestling officials might be some of the worst officials out there, right?
2: WWE officials? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's crazy that in a storyline perspective how officials are handled. Like, one gets knocked out. Mm -hmm. They don't go to concussion protocol or whatever. They just lay there for a little bit. No other officials in the back come out. And then the guy comes in like, oh, I've got cobwebs. What's happening on? Okay, one, two, three. But the officiating sometimes in the NFL is just as bad as that.
2: That's actually a great point. And maybe there is a crossover there and some of the officials are <laughs> actually the same officials. But um at the same time, yeah, dudes, I don't know. It's uh it it's not a joke because there are some serious games. On the line, there's some serious money on the line for some of these people when they can get certain bonuses with certain things that they can accomplish as an individual athlete or even as a team. Um, but on top of that, there's like that respect and pride and that you, you know, you, you spend this entire season trying to win at the highest level and it's not in your control. That's when things get frustrating. That's yeah. why players are getting frustrated. I
1: think the other thing too is like the obvious calls, right? There, I mean, there, there's sometimes you go, oh, I mean, I see it on the replay, but it was clear LeBron got fouled in that last yeah. play. Yeah his reaction was completely over the top, but I also thought the reaction from the refs on Twitter was over the top when they went and apologized after talking about sleepless nights because of this call. Weird. It's it's funny how because the late it happened to LeBron and it happened to the Lakers on a nationally televised game that it gets more spotlight than really things have been happening all year long in the NBA and, and the league has to clean it up in some ways. I just don't know what the answer is. Like people, they have to get better. It's like, you know, the, the officials have to get better, but I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with officials who make bad calls. It's like, okay, you don't, you say, don't use those guys. Okay. Who do you use then? because you need officials there's a ref shortage what do you do
2: yeah what well, i i don't i don't know what you do but at the same time too you look at how officiating has evolved not only with ref shortages and everything you look at all the different camera angles we have you look at a last two minute report um you look at even the camera in the nba that has the one shot on officials to explain the challenge and like unsuccessful challenge this is going to be so-and-so's ball whatever like you're giving the spotlight to more and more of these individuals uh more people know officials names more than ever in this league. Like, I can point out, like, Evan Scott. I know that every single Kings player hates Evan Scott whenever he is official. <laughs> what? No, and it's it's just like he's a younger official in the league, and you can tell he allows his emotions to get to him at times with the Sacramento Kings. And I'm not acting like it's easy, but when you are paid at this level to be a certain type of official, you got to figure it out.
1: I think if you have replay in sports, which is, to me, not going away. Right? Replay reviews are a thing. Coaches can now challenge in the NFL and in the NBA. That play is a great example of it, okay? So, there's no foul called, right? Yeah. That's a missed call at the end of that Lakers-Celtics game. There's people in New Jersey at the league offices watching that game on headset ready if there is a review process. I'm sorry. I think it's quite simple. If they see that and go, Oh, that's a missed call. That's a blatant missed call at the end of the game. Hey, refs in, uh, L- or in Boston, you guys missed that one. Oh, we did? Okay. Because then you avoid what just happened. Yes. If the technology exists, and I get it, you can't do it with every call. There's quick judgment calls that are going to be missed. But when there's a blatantly obvious one like that, it's an end of the game. Maybe it's a situation where, hey, under two minutes ago, the, re- the people in the replay uh, – in New York, New Jersey can help out and assist. Yeah. Do it. I, if, if it's all about getting the calls right, then do it this way. I think it would make fans, it would make players and coaches feel much better if there was a re- replay assist coming from the league office you're
2: playing with that line of oh but we love the human element right like there's going to be human error we love that but then at the same time you're also saying you want to get that call right no matter what well if you want to do that utilize your resources what you have right in front of your face
1: uh, you can always hit us up, of course, the YouTube feed, YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports Eleven Forty. Make sure you hit the thumbs up. We're closing in on two hundred thumbs up. Would love to get there soon. You can also hit us up at one What zero eleven forty. What is up, Casey?
5: Hey guys, how you doing? We're good. good, man. What's up? Oh man, just I was calling in about the uh, the Forty Nine ers game, and sure. I just had i had like I had like three or four comments I wanted to make that. Uh, It just shows, you know, why the Niners lost that
2: game. Okay,
1: hold on. We got to do imaging for it. Hold on, hold on. So, Casey's three. Casey's three big takeaways. Boom,
2: boom, boom. Number
5: one. One, one, one. Go ahead. All right, number one. Kyle Shanahan has a history of being way too conservative. Whether it's on fourth and one, fourth and two, you know, First of all, that play that the, on the first drive of the game when the Eagles scored the touchdown that we didn't challenge, the Niners would have punted it right there. It was fourth and three from the 38 or 35. The Niners would have punted that ball. They would not have gone for it.
1: Ooh, yeah, it, I, I mean, you know, see other teams. You saw Zach Taylor yesterday, fourth and six. They got Burroughs throwing it deep down field on some of these and plays. It worked. Yeah.
5: Yep. So, so many times Shanahan's done that. And when, when Devonta Smith caught that ball – there was at least 30 seconds from the time, because they had to run all the way downfield. There was at least 30 seconds, enough time for someone to say, hey, maybe let's call a timeout and then take a look at this and decide if we want to challenge it. And, you know, we ended up going to halftime with our three timeouts. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up using any of them. And, you know, we could have called timeout and said, let's just take a look at it and make sure this is a big play first drive of the game. You know to make sure if he caught that
1: or not. No, for sure, and I so think that hard I hard think hard. the other thing on that. My one pushback. This is where NFL has replay assist. The guys in New York should be going back. Hey, uh, it wasn't a catch. I, I hate that the officials. Uh, Bill Belichick's men- mentioned this before. It's like why is it my job to do the officials' job? Like yeah. uh, the officials in New York should be doing this job and being. Hey, that was actually incomplete. But you're right; they could have called the timeout and looked at it. What's your What's number two? <laughs> <laughs> Number. So
5: number two is the fact that that we came into this game with uh, former Sacramento Mountain Lion quarterback Josh Johnson as our backup. Yeah, uh, a guy, a guy who's been through what 14 NFL teams over 15 years. He's got nine starts in the NFL. He's obviously has no skill to be a backup quarterback. He showed that he couldn't even catch a snap or fall.
1: Damn on a Casey, puzzle. you're coming hard at us, him. You, you want here's my pushback on this man he's if he's been in the league been around football for 15 seasons there's something teams like about having him in the locker room he's a smart player he was put in a tough situation a really tough situation against a really talented eagles front that was a really challenging set of circumstances he was dealing with and here's my question for all those who are like oh it shouldn't have been him who should they have had would you have trusted anybody in that situation
5: So here's what I say to people that that say, who would we have had other than Josh Johnson? Josh Johnson's been on our team multiple times, so we know what he is. We know that he's not good enough to carry a team to a win. He's got one career win over 15 years. He's one in eight as a starter. You could have – so Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft, okay? I would have rather had the Niners go out and say, let's pick up two undrafted rookies that have never been given a chance and let them get a chance because – Hey, they could be the next Brock Purdy. And then you, you bring in guys, you, you let them practice, and then you bring in a guy that nobody knows anything about. So at least guys that can throw the ball. We know Josh Johnson can't throw the so, ball. All
1: right, Casey, we're up he, against he, you. He's, I, he's, appreciate he's, it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Casey. That, uh, the last point he's making is hilarious. So uh, Just get some undrafted guy that no one else notices and like maybe you surprise some people. Yeah, you should have pulled a 49ers fan out of the stand and, and put them in at quarterback because that would have made sense because you would have surprised the Eagles. It didn't matter who was in the game. It didn't matter at that point. Hell, Purdy may have had a rough game yesterday. Did anyone watch that Eagles front and what they were able to do to the Niners' offensive line? we got so much to get to. We'll talk some more championships Sunday, including what went down with the Niners. We'll talk some Kings as we get closer to Kings basketball. Our Niners insider, Emil Fergosa, joins us in studio. Coming up next on Sackdown Sports.
0: and Mo on Sactown Sports. Oh,
1: yes. Final hour of the show. Deuce, Mason, Morgan, Reagan, our new show. It's still new, right? Because it's only week two. It's
2: literally brand new.
1: Start of week it's two. It's
2: literally brand new.
1: Yeah. It's started week two. I
2: can barely even turn on my mic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, appreciate you joining us. Make sure if you're watching us on youtube.comslash sacktownsports1140, that you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed to the channels. We're growing this and getting this page a little more love. It needs to be built up a little bit, and we're going to bring you live and local content all the time. Of course, you can download the free sacktown sports app too. Of course, you listen on the radio. More no headphones?
2: Well, you know, our guest does not have headphones. Oh, so so uh, I was just trying oh, wait, wait, to be. So, so
1: because the guest has no headphones, I, I'll take off mine.
2: You can do you can do whatever is it, is he
1: does he not like when we don't have headphones on? No,
2: or? no. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to keep them on. Okay, do you.
1: I'm keep them I on. I like
2: it. I like it.
1: Well, the Niners losing the NFC Championship game. It was heartbreaking. We're talking about championship Sunday and we'll be talking some more Kings and T-Wolves coming up as the Kings try to bounce back on this road trip against a tough Minnesota team. Uh, Emil Fragosa, who is the 49ers insider at Sacktownsports.com. Joins us live in studio. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, man. Um, just a crazy finish this season. I know you've been covering this team all year long. You're going to the games. You've been at practices. It's just crazy to see that this is how this season ended.
7: Yeah, it's really unfortunate considering how remarkable of a story it was this yeah. year with having Brock Purry, the third string quarterback, mystery relevant in mm. this year's draft, be the quarterback of the Niners taking him all the way to the NFC championship game and for it to end this way. Just like the Niners yesterday, it wasn't our day. It was a missed opportunity, it felt like. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, that's that's the toughest part about it, I think, for so many Niners fans today. is like, you're right there, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, we were talking about that earlier, too, even with Herm Edwards, like, It's hard to get there in the fact that it's there. You have all the pieces Mm -hmm. ready to go to be a Super Bowl team, and you just can't get over that hump because of unfortunate things happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to see this all the time, but do you feel like the Niners can at least continue off of where they are right now?
7: It's completely possible with this team, especially because they're – sticking with Brock Purdy or the Trey Lance kind of scenario, we'll see what happens in the offseason, obviously. But they have all the pieces. They have all the weapons in place. A lot of the people are signed up. Nick Bosa still another year in his contract. That's that's important. But we'll see how this offseason plays out and what they want to do with the signal-caller position. That's going to be the key to the Niners going back to the Super Bowl, going back to the NFC championship game next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, D'Amico Ryan sounds like he's going to end up going to the Houston Texans, which is obviously a significant loss for the defense. That defense is connected with him in a big way. It's been really good, and mm-hmm. in large part because of what he's been able to do. They have some f- key free agents with Gibson, Jimmy Ward, five defensive linemen. It's going to be interesting to kind of see where they go from here because you you mentioned some of the key pieces in place. Mm-hmm. But this defense was special this year. It was a really good defense. Yeah, and you you, you come up short because of the circumstances you were dealt. It's just it's going to be another challenge to see kind of how they retool here.
7: Yeah, it's gonna be a real channel, especially considering Jimmy Ward, their nickel their nickel backslash yeah. safety is gonna be up at free agency. I know Fred Warner talked to him yesterday, there was a clip going around. best wishes, whatever happens, man, we still love you. But not it felt sure like he was leaving uh. felt like he was leaving, uh. like leaving. Like yeah sound
1: goodbye yesterday yeah. honestly there were, it
7: was uh, that was the hardest thing about yesterday for them is that you never get the same unit in the NFL mm. every per, every single year it's a different group of guys different group of people and that's the hardest thing is that this team they felt like in their opinion had the best chance over the years including the Super Bowl run against the Chiefs years ago, they they feel like this unit was the best one to win the Super Bowl this year. That's why it's so heartbreaking.
2: Wow. No, and that's and I think that I think so many people feel that same way. But now you look at going forward and you go, Okay um, what do the 49ers need to do at that quarterback position? Everything that's going on with Trey Lance, mm-hmm. I, I mean, still obviously being on the team, yeah. um, then you don't know what's going to happen with Brock Purdy and this elbow injury, yeah. but then you hear the rumblings of, hey, Aaron Rodgers and Ooh, Tom Brady, like Tom can they make a huge change? Tom Brady was
1: pretty much begging in the last time they played, like, to, like I want to I come back here. Like, he wants to be back in San Francisco, but... I think a lot hinges on just Brock Purdy's health to see what direction they go there.
7: That's number one priority is Brock Purdy's health. It's a UCL injury, commonly referred to as a Tommy John injury for baseball players, <sighs> or pitchers especially. If it's torn, that's a year off, and that's a hard recovery. Who knows if he'll be the same quarterback after that. That's the real concern. If it's a sprain, great. Six weeks, he'll be back by, by OTAs. No worry at all. Now, on the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady front, all yeah. that all that mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. Tom Brady's kind of closed the door on that before the Bucks game a while back. He, he basically said, you know, I grew up a Niners fan. I love the Niners. I'm not anymore, but I grew up a Niners fan. That was that, that was great. He also said he was retiring, and then he
1: didn't retire, and then he goes through a divorce. Fair. You trust anything this guy says I was going to say, says. he also Fair. said him and scumbag. Giselle were fine,
2: yeah, and that scumbag. they were going to stay married. And he's they're a He's a liar. I agree.
7: Look, what... what <laughs> What's going to happen, to the quarterback position? We really don't know. For the four Niners, I will say that the Niners are up against the cap this year. Even yeah, yeah, with yeah. the even with the increase going up to two hundred twenty four point eight million next year for the salary cap, they have a projected thirteen point seven million to work with. And that's not counting paying Jimmy Moore. That's not counting paying Mike McGlechie. There's a lot of key pieces they have to address internally before they even think about going out and getting a big-name quarterback. And I
1: think that's what the challenge is. I feel like they need to upgrade the offensive line, too, and you don't have a ton of money to spend. You gave up a lot of draft capital when Mm. you got Trey Lance, so it's... That's why it's just so disappointing that the season ended the way it did. It seemed like, oh, this could be like the Cinderella story where your third string quarterback comes in, Mm -hmm. last pick of the draft, Mr. Relevant. He's able to lead you maybe to the promised land. He gets hurt on the first drive of the game. And I think we're going to be remembering that play for a long time because the image you have Mm -hmm. is them trying to block one of the premier pass rushers in the game with a backup tight end. Uh, I know those things happen, Herm Edwards. Like, yeah, you don't know how they're going to line up. What What do you think about that that play specifically?
7: You know, it's hard to put your backup tight end going against Hassan Reddick, who is having arguably his best season in the NFL. One yeah. of the best pass rushers in the NFL, playing outside linebacker for the Eagles, coming over from Arizona actually to play outside linebacker <sighs> uh, for the Eagles, which is kind of kind of a wild situation. But yeah, no, Kyle w- back didn't back down. He he stood up and said, no, this is part of the offense. This is part of what we do. We have guys do that. Same thing happened with Kittle on a, on a different place, the formation. Bring him over, try to get Reddick. Didn't happen. Didn't work. It's hard. It's part of their play action. They want sure. to have long set-up play action plays. But you have to understand that, hey, this guy's on that – I wouldn't say on the Nick Bosa level, but he's he's, he's, on, right the, he's on the echelon of those – got a really game plan for this guy. you got a singular game plan, so that's the challenge of that. So
2: do you think Kyle Shanahan as a head coach overlooked – far too many things made too many mistakes in a game this big I mean we even had a caller early on that was talking about how like he makes life dangerous for quarterbacks on the field and that's why we're seeing this injury history with these quarterbacks I mean what's your opinion on just this game and Kyle Shanahan as a coach
7: it kind of you could feel it going askew as soon as Devontae Smith caught that ball and they didn't challenge it. Mm. That that was the biggest thing. You I kind mean, of know, even like, before
1: oof. the Fred Warner going to, I know he came back in yeah. the game. That's when I was like, Oh God, like, is yeah. this the type of game you're seeing? But you're right. That play really messed some things up.
7: Yeah. And Kyle even said afterwards, he's talking about it. He goes, you know, we had time to challenge. I just didn't want to waste a challenge because we didn't get all the, all the cameras everyone else did.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like just take a timeout. Yeah. And then you go to halftime. You didn't use one timeout. And so yeah. Th- those are little things then i rewind and go okay even if they don't score there yeah. and they have to punt you lose Brock Purdy yeah. and i even think with Brock Purdy this was going to be a challenge you know i picked the eagles before the the, the game and i thought it was going to be a really good game i think it was good. i thought it was going to be a classic game but i thought the crowd was going to be a factor and we keep talking about one guy that can rush the passer dude they had 70 plus sacks this year right the I- most of any team since the 85 Bears, they get after the quarterback and there, there's nothing that says that they couldn't have won that game even if Purdy was healthy. Yeah.
7: Yeah, it, it, it's a challenge. The, the Eagles defensive line is a big challenge and the Niners learn really quick that the Eagles love playing bully ball. They love being more physical than you and being yeah. more aggressive or violent than you. Even as aggressive as the as Niners are on defense, the Eagles rival that and then some. That's why they're going to the Super Bowl game and the offensive line, Mike McGlitchie especially, got worked. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's one of those picks that, dude, I remember how hyped it was when they picked him and just been disappointing. He lost weight, did all this. Yeah. You know, he's had some games where, oh, maybe he's turning the corner. I can't imagine him being You know being who back. would have been
7: better with that pick? Derwin James.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you big picture stuff with the Niners, and this is always what we do as we dissect the end of a season, right? right. It's like we start, okay, what about this? Every what about this? Thing. And you also have the perspective of, this season's pretty magical when you consider that if any other team goes to their third string quarterback, mm-hmm. you're winning four games this year. Right. Yeah. They were still able to go to the NFC Championship game. But I think in the Lynn Shanahan era, you've had misses on picks in, for, in the first round. And those hurt you. I mean, Solomon Thomas is one that comes to mind (laughs) with a big-time miss. Javon Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw. And then, you know, who knows what Trey Lance is going to be, but Mm -hmm. you gave up a lot lot. for a guy to be your quarterback, and here we are entering year three, Mm -hmm. and we don't don't really know. And part of it is because of the injuries, but we just don't know what to expect. Yeah.
7: Brock Purdy has played more games than Trey Lance. Think about that. That's that
2: insane. <laughs> Just
7: like they drew it and, up. Yeah. Well,
2: and but but how crazy is it though, too? I mean, you could look around the league, though. This is the you guys, it's all about perspective, yes, too. It because is. you can look around the league and you go, oh, so everyone missed on Mr. Irrelevant, right? Yeah, like right, all right, these right. other teams missed on him as well. Yeah. And then you have the Niners having having been forced to give him an opportunity and he crushes it, right? Yeah. So it really is perspective. I don't know why I find myself like sticking up for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you should. They had a great year. No, I know. But I think a lot of people, too, like we go to the blame game, right? And and obviously you're going to blame the leader first. And then after the leader goes the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then after the quarterback, you know, it just goes down to penalties and wherever else you want to go with things. And you look at some of the penalties even in this game if we want to dissect more of – what went wrong in mm-hmm. this specific game. You look at those penalties and they're really tough to look back at and think, okay, how can the Niners change this stuff going forward?
7: Yeah, it just unlucky. It was a really unlucky game for them. Look looking at the stats, the Eagles had seven first downs for penalties. Seven. The oh Niners God. zero. And that's brutal. That's brutal.
1: I mean and when you look at even Jalen Hurts's numbers, he didn't kill you. He mm. didn't, but he didn't make a mistake. And that's The difference, right? And uh, I don't know. I I also feel like we spend so much time analyzing all these things that happen. Oh, some of the missed calls, the replay review. The second Purdy goes down, the game's pretty much over. And at halftime, it's twenty-one-seven. You had no chance. And then Josh Johnson goes out. You got to put Purdy (laughs) back in the game. Game. We've never seen a game where you go this court. You have a quarterback. He um he can't throw. Yeah. Uh, just at a base level, you're going. Hey, can McCaffrey go? Use check. Jawan Jennings was a four-star prospect at yeah. quarterback. Your your options were terrible, and that's all you had. You weren't yeah. winning this game against yeah. this talented team in Philly mm-hmm. with these circumstances. So people can point fingers at Shanahan, this pick, or he should have done this, dude. It's. Can you keep your guy on the floor, uh, on the field? And they couldn't do it, unfortunately. Niners
7: had a history of not being able to keep their guys on the field. You look yeah, at how the season that's... started. Yeah. They were without so many players, <sighs> Dre Greenlock gets hurt. Jimmy Ward's out for the start of the year. I mean, there's so many ways as team has overcome adversity. They were the healthiest of any team going into the postseason this year.
2: Wow.
1: Well, healthiest.
7: I'm... All they were losing was Jimmy Garoppolo. That was it.
1: It's tough. It's tough. So, a lot of big questions headed into the offseason. Oh, what, what can we expect from you at Sacktown Sports? For people who don't know, you cover I the 49ers at sacktownsports.com. I, d-
7: I do. I cover the 49ers here at Sacktown Sports my first year, now going into my second. That's Hell crazy, yeah. It's crazy to say. Hell yeah. Crazy That's to awesome. say. It's been, a, it's been a wild ride this year. A lot of fun covering the Niners. You can find me at my Twitter, at Emiliano Fragoso, as well as at Sacktown Sports 1140. And if you're not following us, give us a like, give us a comment, everything like that. Come on now, guys. We're company here. Yeah, you know yeah.
1: That. And of course, he's. A, he he, he'll, he's got it all covered. I mean, he was at practices this year. He's at games, so make sure to check out his work. Dude, we appreciate you joining us, man.
7: Of course, guys. Pleasure to be here.
1: All right, coming up next, we'll talk some more Kings, basketball Kings, and T-Pups tonight. This is, <sighs> this is a big game. We'll discuss that, talk to you guys as well. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
0: It's Deuce
1: and Moe. Deuce and Moe. Sacktown Sports. I need the beam tonight, Morgan. I need a little th- beam th- I in think my we life. All
2: need it. We all need a little beam in our life.
1: You know, Monty hasn't seen the beam since he got his extension.
2: Ooh. You
1: think he's a little nervous? You know, you sign a new deal, you're extending, and the Kings haven't won a game since.
2: No, I don't think he's nerd. But you know what's funny? You always see this with people, and it's like they just got paid, and then this happens. They just, this just happened, and then it goes to their head, and they think everything's easy. Monty McNair isn't playing on the floor, but the trade deadline's coming up. So what's going to happen?
1: Dude, trade deadline next week. Week and the rumors are all over the place, but we really haven't seen many Kings rumors uh, of any substance at this point. No, which no. doesn't surprise me because, like, this front office doesn't seem to leak a lot of stuff. Um, if we get to the trade deadline, yeah, and the Kings don't make any moves like nothing would you be disappointed? <sighs> like, this is the team here on out, and maybe you can get something on the buyout market. You have an open roster spot.
2: So, because Monty McNair is done pretty damn good job of constructing this roster and making some aggressive moves, I'm going to say no because I'd be like, okay, I have faith in what he has planned for the offseason. I would feel that way, but then if everything goes to crap, that's when I would start feeling something. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are right now hearing me say this and going, no, he has to make a move. They have to make the playoffs, or it's a, a failure of a season. We didn't have, or I didn't have these expectations going into this season. Um, I think a lot of people were excited, but I think they've exceeded expectations as well.
1: I think you just have to be smart about it. You, I said this last off season or last trade deadline. You don't just make a move to make a move. You know, say, like, "Oh, hey, the fans want us to make a trade. We we got to make a trade." Well, no, I'm not making a bad trade. Yeah. I'm being deliberate about this and understanding that if I make a trade that can give us a boost this year, is it going to help us next year? Is it going to hurt us down the road? You have to be smart about this. I would be disappointed if they didn't make some sort of tweak, but you hear what some teams are asking right now for players. Talking about Caruso for two first-round picks is a rumor. The Hornets apparently are going, yeah, you guys want Plumlee? First-round pick. Wait, you're supposed to give up a first round pick for Plumlee, who's a free agent? Like, I think he could help the Kings, but I mean, at what cost do you make a move? And this is the challenge when you're in a climate climate in the NBA's Western Conference where there are so many teams in the mix, you don't have a lot of sellers, right? Like a team like Minnesota, you'd be like, oh, maybe they'll tank this year. It's not really going well. Cats hurt. No, they're not going to because they don't have any draft picks and they have guys to spend a lot of money on. They're trying to win now. Portland. They're, why would they tank they've got dame they've got jeremy grant they're trying to add the kings they're definitely not tanking they're trying to get in yeah. the lakers they have zero motivation to tank even if it doesn't look like it's going in the right direction because the pelicans have their pick yep. so you start bringing up all those teams even if they're on the outside looking in they're going for it the golden state warriors they're not gonna tank no they got steph curry and clay so all of the teams I just mentioned are all teams that are trying to Fighting. make moves and fight to get in the playoffs. It's going to be hard to make a move, and uh, I don't know. I- I'm going to be interested. I know Sam Amick last week joined us and was like, "Hey, uh, I think the Kings, or I think that it's going to be a busy NBA trade deadline in in general the week of." Um, I guess we'll see.
2: He used the term fireworks, and but what kind is it? Like a
1: you know, like the cheap fireworks that you get in California that are kind of weak. It's like oh, it's a sparkler or a piccolo p.
2: Aren't those still good?
1: No. Sparklers yeah. are, are like those fireworks, though. You go to Nevada; those are some fireworks,
2: like Disneyland fireworks. <laughs> status, okay. I mean, I guess
1: you still see them in California. It's crazy how, like, <laughs> all these illegal fireworks. You see fireworks
4: shows all over the place. right?
1: Is that a legal one? Oh, that is not okay. No, no. and then
2: everyone's... why are fireworks
1: going off on July seventeenth
4: yeah. in my neighborhood? It's not fireworks; it's just bombs. Oh, it's bombs. God, oh God. At
2: yeah. oh, yeah. God. Well. So, we want um, legitimate fireworks and moves being made at the NBA trade deadline. I'll be clear about that. And what that means specifically... Sure, I have fun watching any team make a big trade. I think when you see that movement go down just as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, it's fun. It's super you fun. love drama! I love yes. drama. I do. But when it comes to the Sacramento Kings, I need it to be the right drama. And the right drama, I think too many people are in this boat of like, do you, do you change things up? Do you mess up the glue of the team? All these different... I mean, you got... Scared money, don't make no money. Like, I I don't move. You got to be aggressive with your moves. Like, you got to be doing something.
1: Morgan trying to sound so hip because she knows one, like, somewhat relevant song from the last year. I I
2: didn't even say it with um, some, I didn't say it with any swag. I didn't say it like I was trying to be cool. It's just um, a very, there's so much truth to that line. Scared
1: money, don't get money. You're right.
2: Don't make no money. You jabroni!
1: Ninja style nine one six in our YouTube chat. Appreciate everyone being in the YouTube chat. We are just eight thumbs up away from 200. So let's get that to 200 thumbs up as let's we're talking go. about the Kings, with the trade deadline coming up. Kings and T-Wolves tonight. Uh, Ninja style says, I feel like we'll trade Rashawn Holmes and Terrence Davis before the deadline. Maybe Alex Len too. Yeah. Um, the Rashawn Holmes stuff is interesting because you had Stein put out that report last week. like They might buy him out. That made no sense whatsoever. At all. At all. I just, you know, you look at what his contract is next year at twelve million. The year after that, he's got a player option for twelve. I'm not sure many teams are lining up for that deal, especially based on how he has been playing over the last year.
2: Yeah, which is like, I think it's misleading in a lot of ways. Obviously, because Mike Brown isn't allowing him to showcase what he can do. Maybe this off this motion offense isn't right for Rashawn Holmes, and it really like look how. Look how good Tyrese Halliburton made Rashawn Holmes, right? Especially in that pick and roll. And then look, did he help Miles Turner get paid as well in Indiana? You know, like is he the guy that is like the the magical weapon for centers around the league? I don't know, but he's had some good track records now with two uh, different bigs in this league. For Rashawn Holmes, though, I look at his situation. Will someone be interested in him? Yes, but his contract is where I just go. Who?
1: Yeah, and what? And what back? Right. <laughs> right it's like, oh right. yeah, you trade him. Okay, you got rid of him. What did you take back? Yeah. Um, and that's where like it's you don't just make a move to make a move. That's you know it's the same thing. Where people are like you got to trade this guy. You got to trade Buddy. It's like no, you get, trade Buddy in the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's the challenge as far, far as someone like Terrence Davis, Alex Lynn, I could see that just in expiring deals. The Kings also just don't have a lot to trade, you know, and do you make a – to make a significant trade, in my opinion, that would get you something back that maybe could help you, you would have to sacrifice losing someone like Harrison Barnes, who's on an expiring deal, but he makes $18 million. The guys that you're not trading, right? Like, to me that – Keegan. I'm not saying untouchable, but being realistic, Fox Sabonis, Keegan, and Herder not getting traded. Uh-huh. I would say everyone else – it's kind of out there. I mean, it, depending on the deal, someone like Malik Monk, I I, I know they like him, but like you, you, can't tell me Malik Monk is untouchable. I see. At the trade if deadline. it's the right, if it's yeah. the right deal,
2: if but it's the right piece, I don't
1: also think they're actively shopping him no. either because of what he provides the locker room, um, what his potential is, especially as a shooter. He hasn't he hasn't shot the ball well this year, thirty one percent from three, but he gives you a lot.
2: I'm sure that same thing goes for Davion Mitchell, right? I think a lot of people. Um, look at Davion as someone that could possibly be moved, but then, you know, a team is taking on an incredible defender, but is not getting that, that two-way guy, right? The guy that can also be super productive on the offensive end. Now, Coming off the bench as a backup point guard, I think Davion can be solid on so many different teams, and I think he does deserve that extra playing time. And I think what he does add to the Sacramento Kings by setting the tone defensively is is so valuable. It's so needed. Um, But like we keep saying, if you are not willing to give up good, you're not going to get good. And the Kings are trying to find those tweaks uh, to make their team a little better. I don't know exactly what that is and how that is. That's why I'm not an NBA GM.
1: I could be one. No. But well, we could talk about more of that stuff coming up. Would you be disappointed if the Kings didn't make a move at the deadline? Plus, we'll get you ready for Kings and T-Wolves. Do and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe on Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. Final half hour. Deuce, Mason, Morgan, Reagan coming up next on Sacktown Sports. Cows and Rami. They got a lot to go over with Championship Sunday and the Kings. Also, the Kings are in action taking on the T-Wolves tonight. We'll talk more about that game. Uh, before the last break, we were just talking about, hey, would you be disappointed if the Kings did not make a move at the deadline? A couple people... We're being rational right now. Oh, I thought most people were like no, they have to make a move. They have to go to the next level. People are like, Should oh thought- no, it could be a steep asking price. It could be challenging to make a move. I get that. So
2: I-, I appreciate that outlook from people.
1: I do too, big time. But I gotta be honest. There's something that I just saw on social media that was outrageous. Okay, shocking. That something on out- uh, on social media would be outrageous. We've all been kind of joking about LeBron's reaction.
6: Okay. Right? Remember, LeBron
1: gets fouled on Saturday night through a temper tantrum. Correct. Outrageous, over-the-top, ridiculous. Like, unbelievable in some ways? Yeah. Agreed. I will say this. Chandler Parsons had the most outrageous take on this. I... You remember Chandler Parsons? Can't wait. Yes! This is going to hit home. Chandler Parsons talks about LeBron's reaction. He says... I can watch my French bulldog get ran over by the mailman right now, and I would not react like that.
2: That's hilarious. That's I, hilarious.
1: Like hilarious in like, are you kidding me way?
2: No, he's saying he's saying that his French bulldog could be run over and by the mailman, and he would not react like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a ara- you would not react that way. That he had to exaggerate that much to make his point. Oh,
2: I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if your dog got ran over? I, I well, here's the difference. I wouldn't react like LeBron James. I would run over to my dog and or go punch the mailman that ran over my dog.
1: Okay, Chris, since Morgan took this way too literal apparently. Let me ask you, that quote by Chandler Parsons. That's outrageous. Yes. Thank you. You don't think... You thought it was hilarious? I can watch my French bulldog get run over by a mailman right now, and I would not react like this. I mean, he's this.
2: obviously kidding. Like, yeah, That's a
4: weird thing to kid about,
2: though. Like, I,
1: I can you... you talking about your dog getting, like, crushed by a mailman. Yeah. That's the joke
2: you make? Well, here's... I'll tell you guys one thing. I have a friend... That has a French bulldog that has been run over by a UPS truck and was totally fine after.
4: So, did it get run over or was it driven over? I
2: um I don't. Which one's the like
4: run over is like hitting the tires or like bouncing on it?
2: Maybe I don't know. It, Driving, over is like way, it's underneath. <laughs> it came away with a few scratches. Yeah. And so, like maybe that's his point.
1: No, that I'm gonna get, <laughs> go ahead and say he has no idea about your
4: friends. French Bulldog
1: situation. No, I'm saying like the French Bulldog
2: could like take anything. That's what I'm saying.
4: I'm not afraid of your UPS drivers. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since you've heard that, dudes, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a
1: long time. Um, Kings and T-Wolves. Morgan, Reagan. Yes. How the Kings win. How they get it done. How, How they bounce back after what happened on Saturday. I feel like they need this one.
2: Set the tone from the start of the game. doesn't matter if you're De'Aaron Fox and you're trying to be Mr. Clutch in the first quarter or the fourth. Start. Just start it in the first. Right? Like, start in the first. Be consistent with it. So, bonus. You got to just remain aggressive. Going at Gobert into his chest to the basket. Like, don't be afraid of looking for your shot. This is so much easier said than done, though, too, Deuce. I think when we don't give Rudy Gobert enough credit, um, it's not about how many shots he's blocking. It's about how many shots he's disrupting, right, and what his presence does to an entire offense at time. And I get that. But now you just saw this team, you stayed in their city, and now you're about to play them? Respond. Get business done.
1: But to me... You mentioned Rudy Gobert's presence. I'm not trying to deny his impact over the years. He's won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's clearly having a down year. He's been better recently. Yeah. But the Kings would not attack him much at all in that game. And you have to. You can't be as scared of him. You can't be pump faking the one time that they were aggressive with him. I loved it. Sabonis lowered that shoulder, created space, and scored the ball. That's the mindset you have to go with. And I'm not saying just attack him, like, be ridiculous with it. I mean, the guy is obviously a good shot blocker, not as good this year. In fact, it's his career low, I think, Yeah, with blocking shots. But you have to have the aggressive mindset from the start. And then, like, Edwards and Russell can't combine for, what, 12 of 16 from three. You know, Edwards, you, you throw something else at him, all right? Like, he is a really talented player probably making a legit case to be in the all-star game this year with how he is playing, putting up monster numbers, 34 points a game over his last five games. But get the ball in his hands. Like, be physical with him. Throw a double team at him. You can't just let one guy kill you doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, I, I and I, I think by doing that, just like you're saying, it's like really staying engaged and focused on – Um, how to disrupt his game, right, Uh, defensively and offensively and crashing the boards, and I think that's going to be huge. But also, like, if you're going to let someone beat you, let it be Anthony Edwards. No disrespect to D'Angelo Russell. Uh, He finds ways to make some – have some big moments, and especially against the Sacramento Kings. Last game, knocking down six threes uh, at the end of the game. Whatever it was, it was just too many threes. He only scored two points in that second half, which is great. The Kings made their adjustments, but it's don't let everyone beat you. Anthony Edwards is going to get his for the most part. Try and slow his game down. Don't let Nas Reed come off the bench and beat you there either.
1: Yeah, Nas Reed had a big time impact on the game, and I just think it was not being disciplined enough defensively. You know, I I think offensively, you know, it's like people, the offense, man, it's really kind of struggling. I think they struggled a lot against the Raptors. And I think that was in large part because they could not attack the Raptors the right way. I feel like against Minnesota, they miss shots. Yeah, there's a difference. And you can get good shots, miss shots. They say all the time, hey, make or miss league. They missed some shots that they normally make. I didn't have a problem a lot of time with some of the shots. But I do want them to be in the attacking mindset. I was happy they got to the free throw line in that game against Minnesota. That was the one part of the aggressiveness I saw that was encouraging. But it, it's the details that matter. It's knowing that, yeah, Nas Reed can hit a three, but he's also shooting like 31% from three. Yeah, You don't need to close out on him like it's Dame Lillard about to hit a game winner. Like, you have to be more disciplined as a group. The communication has to be there.
2: Dude, and and get this team back on their heels in transition defense. They're not, they allow a lot of fast break points, right? So make sure that you are playing well on the defensive end to get those deflections, to get things going, to help create your offense. So then you're not stuck in a half-court offense allowing Rudy Gobert to change up your shot or change up your offense either.
1: All right, let's check in real fast with Brock. What's up, Brock?
8: Hey, guys. Uh,
2: I have, I want to talk football, but I want to remind you of
8: something.
1: Ooh. Okay.
8: Okay. Um, I want to remind you of something uh, regarding Holmes' contract has a $7 million trade kicker. Ooh. I don't know who pays it. I don't know which side pays it. But if he's traded, he gets an additional $7 million on top of his
6: salary. Is it that much?
8: Yes. So that makes him practically untradeable, you know, if we had to pay it or, or if the other team had to pay it or if they negotiated it. So that's just something to remember. Football-wise, um, I'm convinced that Kyle Shanahan is the the new Art Howe. Carhau oh, wow. took, took the A's to 102 wins and got fired because he was seen as a guy who could build a team but not take them far enough. So, I think that's where Shanahan is. I think in five years he'll be a great offensive coordinator
1: in the Brock, league. Brock, Brock, Brock. Yeah. He, he just took a third string quarterback and got him to the NFC championship game and had a yeah, chance yeah. if he didn't get hurt. He did, but let me put it this way. And let
8: me ask you guys. To each be either the general manager or the owner of the 49ers. And <laughs> okay. you're in the room and you're saying, boy, we're going to have a tough off season. We're going to lose a major part of our coaching staff. And that's probably D'Amico Ryan to Houston. But what if one of those guys says, what if we could keep D'Amico and not have Kyle?
1: <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous.
8: <laughs> Would you want D'Amico Ryan as head coach, yes or no?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I want Kyle Shanahan as my head coach.
8: Well... The most important part of this team is the defense, and and that's D'Amico Ryan. Sure, but Robert, Robert Sala was that
1: guy yes. too. Hey, we're, 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 we'll get some more of this coming up. I on like there, it, so. Brock. Brock. I appreciate you checking in. Some good Bye. questions. We, we're up against the. Brock. I had to go. I had to go. See this radio. They go. Hey, you're the break at this time. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I got a break. I got a break. Thanks, Brock. Right. You jabroni. We'll talk more about what he had to say. To uh, we got closing time. Kings t wolves. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
0: It's Deuce and Mo On your local sports
1: leader Sacktown Sports Love the YouTube feed Shout out to the people We said we wanted 200 thumbs up today We got over 200 thumbs up At youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140 Maybe it's a
6: fire. Come on make thumbs go up Make them go up
1: up, up! <laughs> they did go up, up, up. Somehow Chris made that turned it to get turned it into something. Um, so dumb. Yeah, we're two hundred thumbs up, which is great. We're trying to grow this channel. It's going to take some time, but just know that there's going to be a lot of content on this channel because you have shows that are live here on the station from six a.m. to six p.m. Monday through Friday. Game night streaming sometimes mm. which is before Kings games. You got Chris Watkins who hosts Kings weekly on Saturday, plus additional content that is posted. Video wise all the time. YouTube.com slash sports 1140. And in addition on the Sacktown sports app, that's free in the app store. Um, so hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. We're, tra- we're trying our best here.
2: Oh no, I'm loving it. It's, yeah. I do, I do enjoy being a part of something that like, Hey, the growth is coming. It's, you know, really putting in the right resources and everything to make sure that this can be, um, a winning place. And it's cool.
1: Uh, Brock, who just called in before the last break, yes. was saying a lot of things. Going at Kyle Shanahan a little bit, but he's also mentioning Rashawn Holmes. How it's impossible to trade him because of his trade kicker. He said it was seven million dollars, uh, according to FanSpo, which they do great work covering contracts in the NBA. Rashawn Holmes uh, has a fifteen percent trade kicker. Okay, if if it is attached to the fifteen percent on the entire deal. That's an uh, additional over $5 million, not $7 million. Okay. If it's just to one year, that's like in the 1000000 million-something range. Either way, it's not insignificant, but yes, sure. it's a little more costly if you were to trade Rashawn Holmes. I wonder, though, I do wonder if, if that is something that can be waived. Oh. Like if Rashawn was like... Hey, I like, want to get traded. There's a deal. Like, I don't care. You can weigh the trade kicker. I want to go. I want to play. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. So that's something interesting to think about too.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's, um, that would be all interesting to see how that all plays out for Rashawn Holmes, even though that's just us having the conversation around like, oh, is he even going to be traded?
1: I'm going to go to this person on the phones because you can call us too old school. one 800 two eleven forty. 1140 I just, the last time we talked to this person over the weekend it sounded like his voice was dead. He is Coach Nick. Okay. Nick. Oh, I think I hit the wrong button. Hold on. Hey, Nick, are you there? Hi, Deuce and Mal. How you doing? Oh, Good, you sound Nick. You, you sound way better, man. Yes, I do. Did you go to the doctor? Uh, no, but I'm doing okay. All right, okay. What what's going on, man? We got Kings T Wolves tonight. Um, I just want to say the Kings are gonna win, The Kings have to win the night.
2: Yes, the Kings do have to win tonight. Um, if you were the coach in the locker room, Nick, we know that you do this on our podcast, what would you be telling your team before tonight's game uh, going up against the T-Wolves?
9: Play better defense. Get Love. yourself some wins.
2: Yes. And
9: you got to got to play better. You got to get yourself a win. You,
0: you
1: got to play you better. You
2: are just an amazing, amazing coach. Um, well, what player on the T-Wolves are you looking most – uh, For to uh, really looking bad tonight.
9: Uh, hmm. Any Minnesota Timberwolves player, but I think the Kings are going, going to fire laser. Fire, fire the, the laser. laser
1: tonight. All right, Nick. I appreciate you checking in.
9: And we'll do pre- and post-game is at four thirty.
1: Okay. Okay.
9: Pre-game, okay. Nick. And I just want to say, you know, the Kings. They're going to win tonight. And Morgan's going to say, if, they, if the team win tonight, Morgan's going to say, fire
1: the laser. <laughs> All right. Good job, yes, Nick. Yes, you will. He he really wanted you to say it, but you don't say it. I mean, they didn't win the game. You're no. not going to say it if they don't win the game. No.
2: It's just like when people are chanting light the beam with five minutes left on the clock. Like, you just don't do that.
1: I can tell, like, they're some, up by 10. Yeah. They're up by 10 with five minutes to play. You can't chant light the beam. Thank you. You can't chant it. 10. 10 12. No. no. 15. 20, no. 25, dude. 20. It's got to be twenty-five nope. with ten minutes left. No, uh, I think not at all. With five minutes to go, you have to be up thirty to chant light the beer. Oh, no.
2: So then, if it's it, it, Chris,
1: have you? I'm not that person, but like, let's be careful. Not. The game's not over. It's not. It's, you the know, NBA. my rules in today's NBA. A twenty-point lead is not a twenty-point lead of ten years ago. A twenty-point lead. That's that's
4: like you got to subtract points. Five. No, oh, it's, it's seven now. now. Yeah, oh, so you subtract seven points Inflation is now. killing yeah, it. No, it's
1: the game's changed. It's a different league now. It's twenty point leads are not. You look at twenty, that's cute. Teams come back from twenty down all the time. It's funny though because Monty McNair's references Sabonis too. As some of the players get uncomfortable hearing the light, the beam chance that early, they're going,
2: no, no, we haven't won yet. It's you guys. It's kind of like a jinx.
4: I don't has it has it been jinxed yet? It has not
2: yet. But it's but been close.
1: By the way,
4: it's going to happen. It is. And it's going to hurt. It, I, I trust in the Kings fans. Apparently, unlike you, I trust that they have. The knowledge to know when and when no, not to start the no chant because the, beam.
1: the power of the beam like just having it represents so much and people are Agreed. so obsessed with it and crave it that they're like I see it inside I'm just gonna start chanting it now they don't have the capability of going oh, let's let's be patient it's, with it I hear it after every game I'm like
2: don't start chanting. they're addicted it. to the beam and I mean, you know it
4: would be pretty fantastic though because what? we talk about like the MVP chance and stuff like that if say they're playing the Lakers at home and the Kings just go on like a twenty to two run. And then there's a foul and they're at the line and the chance started saying light the beam, like how fantastic would that be?
1: Early in a game?
4: <laughs> yes, yeah, like first no, quarter. No.
2: I don't like it, Chris. No, I, I, would I don't have like love it one day. It's, thing. Today, I would love it's it. not even
1: a it's not even a jinx thing. It's just like you just don't the game's literally not over. We were calling a Stockton Kings game the other day where they were up thirty points with four minutes to go in the third quarter by the end of the quarter it was down to 15 i'm like oh, that's okay the third quarter. And, and then it got down to 12 in the fourth it became it got down to single digits yes. i'm like okay the other night Stockton Kings were up 109-105 with like 25 seconds to go uh they allow a second chance three then they have a 5 second violation on the inbound and then Memphis score scores a dunk to win it that I'm was like, it
2: yeah you just this is you got to be locked in the whole crowd was deflated after probably screaming, Light the beam. Oh, why would Light they shout? The like, wh-
4: what's Stockton's beam?
2: Baby beam. They have a team. baby
1: beam. Oh, they have yeah, a baby yeah. beam? It's, yeah, it's a uh, Dunkson just like holds up a laser pin <laughs> at the end, at mid-core. Do you call it BB? Yeah.
2: It's a little BB. BB. Uh,
1: Blake says, Once the crowd calls for the mystical energy of the beam, it shall not be denied. Ooh. Or I not. Believe it. Actually, I believe in that. Let's get to closing time. Closing time.
2: Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> closing time. time. Time for a new bed. Closing time.
0: It's closing time. I was afraid that's going to be go,
1: today. You know we have to give you a
0: last call.
1: All right, Morgan. Closing time. Rapid fire topics. End of the show. <laughs> what happened <laughs> to my voice? I was like...
2: <laughs> Are you okay?
1: Uh, did you actually enjoy the Royal Rumble?
2: Um, Yes, I did. I know we were texting with Chris Verlade, uh about it, and, you know, I know he didn't love it. I enjoyed most of it. My favorite part was everything, all the drama that went down with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Dude, was like a, and a, and I, was
1: watch, I was like watching a movie. Yeah. The acting. That was perfect. Mwah. Yeah.
2: Oh my God! Yeah. It
1: was great. Paul
2: Heyman with his like afraid oh. look away yeah. at the end.
1: Heyman's going, is that me next? You know, I've been loyal. Whoa. Sammy's been loyal. What? what? Where could we be going? Yeah. And now we got to deal with tonight on Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes coming out crying. Oh,
6: this is my move.
1: I Cody sucks. I, I can't wait to <laughs> boo him. And he's going to be a, a great heel because the fans are going to turn on him at some point. He's
2: not an American uh, nightmare. He's an American failure. Oh! You like that? Oh, oh, sorry. He just, he
1: just won the Royal Rumble.
2: I, I know. I was just trying yeah. to be mean to Chris because I know he's a fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Kings and T-Wolves tonight, Morgan.
2: Uh-huh. Who you got? I'm going to go Kings. I think they're going to respond. I think they're going to adjust. Um, what, what? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Why, are you, why is your mouth wide open? Morgan
1: what? is predicting a Kings
2: win? Yeah,
4: that's pretty insane.
2: You guys are. No, screw both of you. I do predict a Kings win, and um, I just think that they got to see what they're up against, and they're going to respond well tonight.
1: I think they yeah, are, too. Light the beam. We are lighting the beam tonight. Light the beam light, light the beam, beam. Boo. we better be talking about that tomorrow kings t-wolves tonight cattle's and rummy coming up next we love you guys but we got to go see ya